The spirit of performance is what defines Acura. And now, it's electric. Introducing the ZDX, Acura's most powerful SUV yet. Crafted using the same formula that brought them electrified supercars and multiple IMSA championships, the ZDX has track-tested performance that packs an energy all its own. Unlock the energy and order yours at Acura.com. Thanks for downloading the Sunranto Show. You can listen early and ad-free if you subscribe at patreon.com slash sunranto and join the 103 other super ranters who subscribed at patreon.com slash sunranto. There are perks at every level. Please join today and become a super ranter and support Cubs podcasting. Here's the show. Kobe blue blood flowing through our veins. Sitting in the bleachers in the rain. We've shed a million tears and drank as many old style beers out at the game. Let's go, Kobe Sunranto. With Michael. Sunranto. And Crawley. Sunranto and the lovable loser. Sunranto. With Michael. Sunranto. And Crawley. Sunranto and the lovable losers. Sunranto. Happy days are here again. Don't know the rest of the words of that song, but happy days are here again. Now get us a shortstop. I don't, um, I don't know about happy days. Less bad days. Yeah. <laughs> not as not as horrible. It that doesn't work well for songs. No, it doesn't. Not as horrible a day. So, no, that was uh, – welcome to the Sun Ranto Show. I'm Danny Rocket. Michael Cotton's here. Crawley's here. We got to get right into it. Uh, it's shocking the baseball world, especially the, you know, the pathetic excuse for fans that Cub fans have been the last few days. Sorry, stacks of shit. All crying about it every day on Twitter. And then what happens this afternoon, we see – uh, there's a uh, like a, a kind of a that's not even cryptic. It, it was just something that Matt Spiegel had heard through his people he knew. Hey, it's hot and heavy with Marcus Stroman. This might really happen. And then it and then it happened. And Stroh broke his own news. Said Chicago. Um, were you uh, were you shocked? I was shocked. Oh yeah, I was totally. I was at the gym with my with my kids. Uh, playing some racquetball, uh, I completely missed a point because my phone was blowing up and I was trying to figure out what was going on and I was happy to lose at racquetball because the Cubs actually signed a good player. Uh, you know, it's funny. When you say people crying about this or that, nah, man, we were holding their feet to the fire. We were going to say that it wasn't going to be acceptable and the fact is they got it done. We're about five hours away from locked out baseball, no moves being made. So you want to talk about getting it in under the wire? Good. But I will, you know, if anyone's looking for an apology for Tom Ricketts. <laughs> it's not happening on this show anyway. Not I, on I, like, this show, man. I like what little Yumper says in the chat. It's not crying when you are speaking truths about the way the organization has handled free agency the past three years. I mean, this is such an unfamiliar feeling to even – 
get somebody. I mean, when's the last? You Darvish probably was the last one. That was what twenty eighteen. Uh, I believe that was the last time that there was like a really b- uh, large free agent. So I guess you could count Jock Peterson, but not really. He was no, like actually, uh, that was deal. the that was the last time the Cubs signed a multi year deal of any sort. Was right? you Darvish? Well, yeah. I guess yeah. No, I think didn't Descalso get two years? Yeah, Descalso got two years, and then uh, so maybe he, that was later, but that might have been. I don't, I don't we know. all know what we're talking about. An actual right. deal deal. Like, this is going to be the guy on the team. And we haven't seen the details of this. Have you anybody seen the details of this deal yet? Not yet, I mean, no. I heard no, in the if, if you know in the chat uh, the yeah, deals. Let us know. Again, they were, they, we they, were, they were comparing it to the Gray deal or the Gossman deal, kind of looking around that amount. And uh, look, here's the situation is that – when Theo was here, he even told us, don't accept less than the best because we deserve that as the, we are the most loyal fucking fan base. And yeah, you are going to sit there and watch everybody getting taken off the board and be panicky because here was the situation. You walked into free agency. You could have closed your eyes and thrown a dart on a, on a board of position needs and you would have gotten something correct. Oh, we need a shortstop. Oop, hit right fielder. Yeah, you need everything. We have so 17 please, second baseman though. We have we have that covered. We <laughs> yeah. we 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 even, definitely even though the depth chart says there's only one player on the team. <laughs> Sergio Alcantara, but <laughs> but but again, I'm going to take it and enjoy it because we haven't had it for this while. But not done. It shouldn't be done. A uh, lot of work still to do. More pitchers to get. Uh position players uh don't know if they're going for a shortstop, but no, we're going to we're going to sit there and, and we have expectations as fans. I don't want to go back to fighting for fourth or fifth place. Yeah. I don't want the season being done at the end of April. I want to see the Cubs being a top tier organization. Period. Well, well let me you know, this, let, go ahead, yeah, let me piss in everybody's weedies here real quick though and just say it's not enough. I mean, Stroman's yeah. not enough. That it, doesn't change a ton. It, it might be enough to win the central if you start looking up and down the central. Now that's a different thing than going. And Jed said this when he spoke the other day that they weren't going to go to try to win the world series. They were just going to try to get into this like 83 team playoff round Robin tournament that they're going to make up in the next couple months. Yeah. I mean, so, so it's not like they just changed the whole world. It's good to see that they did something, but my guess is that they weren't planning on doing anything. And then all of a sudden, Teams started signing people. I think they were caught flat-footed, thinking nobody was signing before the CBA. I had, I had that feeling. Like their, their philosophy going into this was like, "We're going to wait. We've got a, a tabula rasa here, clean slate, and we're just going to wait and see what the CBA says, and then we're going to sign people." And that was maybe a luxury for a team to have. But when people start snatching up guys on these long-term deals, and then you look down, like, have you looked at the uh, the uh, free agency? list for the next couple of years it ain't Bad. cute yeah Bad. michael cerami tweeted out the other day and and he there were only a few people even under 30 years old and not that marcus stroman's under 30 he's not little yumper says 580 is what i had seen floating around i saw i heard that on somebody was having a twitter space that i went on and um they somebody said 580 was what that was getting thrown around which would be in a little bit more than the great deal i think um let me put up his numbers here just so we know what we're talking about 
He opted out in 2020, so there was no uh, season for him. He opted out pandemic year. Last year with the Mets, uh, he was 10 and 13 with a 302 ERA, not too shabby. Uh, led the majors in games uh, started with 33, 179 innings pitched. That's uh, really good these days. He's gone over 200 innings twice in his career in 16 and 17, back when he was with Toronto. Um, and you know, the strikeout to walk ratio, I mean, it's good. I mean, it's, it, it, he's not, listen, he's not like the greatest pitcher that ever exists. He's like a good number two and number one on a lot of teams, maybe even number one on this team right now. But, uh, you know, when you look at his, uh, base bases on balls per nine, it's 2.2 strikeouts, 7.9 strikeouts per nine. That's not so bad. Um, and he had a 133 ERA plus. He's got a 116 ERA plus for his entire uh, career. And Danny, I, I know you got this. I know you got the stats up here, and those are all great and everything. But he brings intangibles that this team desperately needs. When you let John Lester walk, that yeah. was a lot of leadership and respect that he commanded from the pitchers. Again, there are certain guys that are leaders throughout the team, but some, you know, with the pitching group. And then there's the bullpen group, and then there's the position players, you know what I mean? The starting pitchers, position players, bullpen. You know, to have a guy like Stroman who commands a lot of respect, you, you have you have a lot of young guys that you're going to be counting on for the next couple of years. Hendricks has never been a rah-rah leader guy. We all know that, okay? So you got a guy that can sit there, and yeah, it's great because Maddox was never that guy. Greg Maddox was never the rah-rah, that kind of guy. Very similar, and that's why a lot of – comparisons are always made to Maddox is very similar in demeanor. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. But sometimes, especially with young players that they're going to be counting on the pitchers, it's going to be good to have a guy like Stroman to kind of, you know, remember how much Alzali got from talking with Arietta. Yeah. You know what I mean? And, and if, if there's one good thing that came out of that whole Arietta signing, it was that relationship and the lessons that Alzali took away from it. To and not so get I th- vaccinated. <laughs> right, I was I was just gonna say, did he did he share his COVID with him as well? I, I will say that having Strowman is going to be a benefit for the uh, you know when you talk about Justin Steele, when you talk about Alzali, when you talk about these guys that are going to be younger that they're Mentor. hoping make a difference. Yes. Yeah, and I, I just love it. You know, there's been a lot made. I mean, it, a lot of people call him difficult. You know that. You know, but tenacious people are difficult because they're there to win. And uh, you know, but I want to know over or under on how many months before him and Wilson get into a a, a brawl in the clubhouse. You know, I could yeah. see. Oh. Uh, I could. I could. That you know, these are a lot of that. That uh, somebody said on that. Um, on that space I was listening to, they're like, they could totally see a, a uh, Barrett Zambrano 2.0, like big old fist fight. And I don't, I don't want to jinx anything here, but we have, you know, but I like that. I, I like that kind of spark. I like, I, I hope they band together and just fucking lock that. Yeah, lock us against the down. world. You know, I, I, yeah. I and I don't, you know, obviously we're going to talk about the Jan Gomes signing and, and Wilson kind of likes to mess with people on Twitter with the airplane emojis and all that shit. But here's the thing is that, you know, I don't think Wilson's going anywhere. And I don't think when you, when you say Zambrano versus Barrett and stuff like that, Zambrano was a lunatic, normal, nice guy. But when he got in between the lines, it was all over the place. Yeah, maybe chucking baseballs at the crowd. Right, he, yeah. he was that. That's not Strowman. He's no. fire again. You saw Lester could be fiery. Yeah. Okay. 
Those are the type of things that you see with those type of guys. So, no, I'm not at all concerned about, about it at all. And I think Wilson is going to be around for the long haul as well. So here's a couple of things in the chat right now. Little Yumper writes in, and thanks for doing this, you guys, because this is all obvious, obviously breaking as we were speaking. Uh, three and 71 for Stroman. I mean, uh, opt out after two. So, uh, you know, that's, that's a pay. That's much more money than the John Gray money at that point. You know, that they, may, it, well, yeah, AAV is definitely. Yeah, I, know, there might be details 20, in there. That, yeah. Yeah, 23. Yeah. Yeah, that's a lot more. Uh, th- there might be details in there that we don't uh, understand, and there's also, I guess, Passon had that. So it's and- twenty five million in twenty twenty two, twenty five million in twenty twenty three, and twenty one million in twenty twenty four. It includes two million escalators for one sixty innings pitch in twenty two and twenty three, which he's likely to hit. Uh, yeah, given- one hundred eighty this year, and you know he's done it a bunch. Uh, you know, and I mean, he took all of 2020 off. He's not going to be, uh, I, I'm just going to guess he's not a, a anti-vaxxer sort of like, you know, leading people down that wrong road. No, no. He didn't even want a part of a season like that where he's like, he's like, I'm going to take, take care of myself and my family. And then the other thing Drew Barry says, per Bruce Levine, the Cubs are showing interest in several other free agent pitchers and could sign another one before the deadline tonight. So. Oh, I mean, that now that would be a surprise, a real surprise. If they gave us two. Well, I hope it breaks during the show because this is great for publicity. Content. Um, can we move on to Jan Gomes? Because uh, as soon as Jan Gomes was announced, they get him for two years. Thirteen. I mean, million. we may as well. The Ricketts have no more Contreras. <laughs> They've moved on to Jan Gomes. Well, no, the fans did instantly. <laughs> Even Wilson Contreras. Moved on from the Cubs the moment uh, that they said, like, look what he tweeted out. Uh, as soon as Jan Gomes gets signed, Wilson's on an airplane somewhere else. And I'm like, what the hell, Wilson? Like, did did the did you miss the part where the Cubs said that you needed a decent backup? Now, $6.5 million is a lot of money to pay for a backup catcher. But, you know, with the DH coming... <laughs> well, and, you know, and it's coming. Uh, and I it's hope, coming. Uh, you die. For saying stuff All like right. that, but with the DH are coming, that the they, DH isn't coming. But what they, I mean, if you really want to talk about position first, yeah, I was going to say Schwindel is their first baseman, and who's yeah. their who's their backup first baseman? Uh, the the Wisdom kid in maybe. the kid Hap. the Reich, Reichman or whatever his name Dyson, is and Hap. and, and yeah. uh, what you might call it. Uh, Frank Schwindel is not the greatest defensive first baseman yeah, yeah. at all. I mean, no, we're, we're not missing anything. But and, and I don't know anything about Gomes at first base either, but generally first base is a position a catcher can handle pretty well. So at least you have somebody there. Well, Gomes is, is a better defensive catcher, which this team was sorely missing last year. They had 12 backup catchers or something like that. It was ridiculous. Eight backup and, catchers, I think. Yeah, it's too much. And – and uh, Wilson, once again, slowed down when he caught too much. And that is just the way that works because you're in the, the game all the time and something's going to suffer. And it was his hitting. Uh, this guy's more of a defensive catcher than an, o- off, an offensive catcher. But he's not that bad. I mean, it, with the bat, too, you know, uh, I mean, check him out with uh, his totally was with Washington and Oakland last year. But he had an OPS of 98, OPS plus of 98. Uh, it dialed it up a little bit. With, Which, it was a little for, a catcher, for yeah. a catcher, that's 
great. That's, you know. The other thing that he gives you is great pitch framing. And we've talked about that being the Achilles heel of Wilson Contreras is he's gotten better, but by better, we mean not awful. Yeah, he's got, young, he's gotten to like regular, uh, ish. you know, <laughs> yeah, I, I think he's like, he's at like 15 or 16 in the league. So well, he's like right in the middle of the league or something like that now. Check out where uh, Jan Maybe Gomes, not even that high. I don't know. Check out where Jan Gomes played in 2016. Cleveland, you know, and guess who? Uh, Mr. Hawkins, our new general manager, was working at the time and oh, did a lot of yeah. pitching development. And think about that rotation, you know, that Cleveland rotation. Jan Gomes was there that whole time. So we got a lot of young pitchers with a lot of well, talent. Jan Gomes was in the on-deck circle when Michael Martinez – Hit a slow roller to Chris Bryant. And then what happened? Yeah. Nice. <laughs> Landed safely in the glove of Anthony Rizzo, and the Cubs ended the longest yeah. curse in professional so, sports. So, and, Crawley, you're, you're talking about the pitch framing uh, of Jan Gomes as well and how that – I mean, Wilson's getting better, but it, we've been talking, I don't know, five years about signing – some sort of like veteran backup that's good on defense to sort of help him out. Somebody to talk to about this. Do you think they finally did it? I, I, there was just it, the backup catcher was such a disaster last year. Okay, we're throwing in uh, what's his name, Caratini. It was such a disaster. It's There's been no a, way. It's been a disaster since uh, Wilson Contreras was the backup catcher. It, you you had guys like Alex Avila and other guys that were not bad. This last year was an absolute train wreck, and you really hurt Wilson in the process. And you couldn't do that two years in a row. I mean, you can't no, go he through. Needs, he, we we saw those numbers uh, last week. We talked about it a little bit, and I think he needs to be around that 125 game mark uh, behind the plate so that he's not just killing himself. And now maybe they could do it even better because with the DH, move him around the field, the thing, different things he Danny, can do. Stop with the fucking <laughs> DH. I'm just saying. Oh, it, my it, God. You sound like, you sound like fucking Tim Stebbins. I'm just saying. That motherfucker, every chance he gets, DH is coming next year. He doesn't know shit. Nobody knows shit about DH coming next year. And fucking I hate hearing. I hate everybody like, well, it's just going to happen, so let's just be fine with it. Fuck that is not fucking happening. Nobody, look, this, this shit, some, it's not going to fucking happen. We're going to get 150 teams in the goddamn playoffs, and yes, there's going to be no DH. Too. We're getting that too, and we're also and kidding. plus, quit talking about a fucking DH because it's not a, it's not a position. Nobody's ever now. used it as a position. It's never been a fucking position. It's been a position for like three teams a year. And, you know, because nobody wants well, a player it, that that's the only fucking thing that they can do. Well, you, you could go full on. Vogelback is available and you could use it as a position like the old days when you just got the, the big fat slugger out there and don't make him play the fields and really make it a position. Like that's your that's your position. Listen, it, I don't like the DH as much <laughs> as the next guy, but everybody's building their team. As but don't team talk about it. This this is what they've done to people. They've just fucking hammered away and hammered away and hammered away America. that the fucking DH is coming. So now everybody just thinks, oh, the DH is coming. No, they fucking tricked you. They've gaslit every goddamn 
uh, baseball fan in the world that is just on the way. It's just fucking coming. It, we, you know, we don't have to put up with this shit. So many people don't want it, but there's, but they're just like, eh. I mean, Danny, you're like, you don't More, want the DH, and yet I you're think, like, well, DH come next year, so fuck, you know. I, I, I think, I think you're wrong that so many people don't want it. I think that there's a fair amount of people that really, it's really fucking do 50, want it. It's fucking 50-50. It's 50-50, it as it's always been. Every time they do a poll, it's fucking 50% AL fans want to do fucking a DH poll. and <laughs> NL fans don't. And if you're a fucking NL fan and you want the DH, you're not an NL fan. You're an AL fan that happens to fucking watch an NL team and I don't even understand what you're doing. There's another fucking team in Chicago. Go watch their asses. They have a DH. Well, either way, we got a, a guy who could DH next year and Clint Frazier as well. Uh, if he could see, that is, uh, moving on to the next guy. Um, yeah, uh, Clint Frazier, okay, now, I I like this guy, all right? I mean, I really do. I, as soon as they announced this, uh, this signing of Clint Frazier, I was like, ugh, just scrap heap bullshit. And then I looked into it a little bit more, and um, what – what, what I noticed was before I put his stats up is uh, that, uh, you know, look at that head of hair that he's got that nice, b- bright uh, red. Danny, no, one, no one's looking at his picture right now. So, I mean, it's been a while, maybe since hey, Matt Merton, since Crawley, Matt Merton, we, probably. we probably have three women out there that watch the show. So what are you guys talking? Oh, his girlfriend. Oh yeah. They got engaged <laughs> in July. Uh, Kaylee Gambadoro. Um, so uh, anyway, <laughs> That's that's her name, Kaylee Gambadoro. There, there. Look at that head of hair on that guy. Just I'm I, not I looking him. at him. I'm not looking at him again. He could he could play Annie in Little Orphan Annie in the uh, live action Annie that's going on tomorrow. Here's buddy. here's the thing that the, what you like about it is he has pedigree, blue chip prospect, first rounder. Uh, you know there there is promise there. What worries about you is that something between the ears sometimes with that guy, I mean, is a little goofy. Well, I'll tell you, it's, it's, and it might be physical because he had a concussion in 2018 that kept him out most of the year. And then he was, I guess, fine because, you know, he had a 1.8, 111 OPS plus. He had an 806 OPS, hit 12 dongs that year, uh, pretty, pretty slugged pretty well, had a bunch of doubles. Like, and then in 2020, he was on fire. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, just killed it. Like, uh, you know, he had a 394 OBP. Like, you couldn't get him out. It was incredible. He was the best player on the Yankees. No, I don't know that. For 100, 150 OPS plus, though, but that's 2020. Only 131 at-bats, 160 played appearances. So, he drew his walks. Yeah, I, last year, he had to take himself out of games because he couldn't see and he was really dizzy. And he had vertigo. Yeah, that that's the biggest issue with Frazier is it, you know, he, he just doesn't, you know, like his health, you don't know what he's going to do. I mean, he's the most he's ever played in a single season with 69 games. And like everyone else, he's only done that once. I'm just, I'm just looking at things and, and, (laughs) and with his, I don't know, he, I'm not saying he's Milton Bradley, but he kind of just seems to be one of those guys with like a screw loose. You know what I mean? That just doesn't seem 100% right. He and has all hair. The, right. And, and Josh Hamilton. I, I, yeah, gingers make me uncomfortable. But um, 
how many gingers do we have watching? I'm just absolutely killing our well, market right me. now. But um, <laughs> I know me. there's the, the the guy at the top of the show there. But uh, he, he, you know, he had a lot of trouble with the media, which I know the New York media is a little bit tough. Uh, he. Yeah, uh, there was a, obviously the haircut situation he made a big deal out of, which everyone knows that's stupid with the Yankees. Can't, can't have long hair, can't have a beard. So when you see him in, in Mesa when the season starts in June, um, he's going to be absolutely looking like a Bushman. And then um, yeah. the other thing that, it, it, like, there was like a complaint and the Yankees. Bushman. What's going to end up, what he ends up doing is he supposedly. Ask the Yankees if he can wear number seven. Those of you unaware, uh, that is uh, Mickey Mantle's retired number. Yeah. The mix. Hey, okay? it, it doesn't hurt to ask. And so I, I heard he asked if he could wear fourteen with Chicago. Right, and so he <laughs> asks if he can do that, and they're like, "Well, it's a very important retired number." And he's like, "Yeah, but if the guy's not around, you can unretire it, right?" And right. he was like, "Yeah." Yeah, and then and then he ended up wearing seventy-seven just to yeah. fucking rub it in. He's like I love two it. mantles. Yeah, and seventy-seven. Of course, he wants fourteen. With with his vision is, is, issues, it probably turned <laughs> into one seven, you know, at some point. But it's uh, yeah, no, I, I agree with that. I mean, you know, it well. Either way, they only play paying him one point five million. All right, it, it's, had, it's a great a, move. It's it's what we thought they were going to do, which were these uh, low risk, high reward maneuvers. And if all of a sudden he takes off and does really great, and the season's not going your way, maybe you flip him and get something good. And if Change he plays the scenery. his cards right, if he plays his cards right, crazy plays in Chicago, right? Dennis Rodman, fucking Steve McMichael. Like these are guys in other area, other sports that Mitch have Williams. owned Mitch Williams. If if you're good on the field and you're crazy, I mean, they're going to love you in Chicago. I like Jim what McMahon. I like what Cornerstone Twenty Three says. Frazier is a true flyer. I wish they had basically signed as as a minor league invite, so people don't count on this guy as a real piece. He's as fluky as wisdom and Frank right now. I mean, there's no there's no doubt about that. But he also has options. Yeah, and that's a huge right. deal. Is you can easily send him to Iowa. It's not a problem. And he's you don't, team, right. You don't have to keep him up under that's team great. control until twenty five. Uh, One point five million. He was arbitration. He's still arbitration eligible. So like you know, they, they it's kind of a good deal. And if it works out great, then it works out great. But but either way, uh, I'm just happy we got a guy like this with such a nice head of hair on his on that uh, that that uh, noggin of his. Just as, he, he as fuzzy. So as fuzzy as he is, not a not a single speck of hair anywhere else on his body. Yeah, <laughs> he's got lots of freckles though. I, he gets a tan when they all connect. It's pretty incredible. <laughs> <laughs> he's right. It's not a tan. It's just more freckles popping up. Just more freckles, just all connecting together. <laughs> so before we move on to a, a another actual minor league signing, uh, lefty reliever. Lock St. John. Oh, God, that's a baseball name if I ever heard one. How that's a porn star name. What are you talking about? Baseball name. Yeah, well, yeah. To take your favorite Saints <laughs> and the last thing that – no. Um, so, no. The here's here's a, your underwear. Yeah. <laughs> here's, here's, a, here's a quick commercial. We'll be right back. If you're like most Americans, you buy shit. Lots of shit. Sometimes you buy shit for other people. Sometimes you buy shit for yourself. And sometimes you buy shit you have to buy just to stay alive. So why not buy shit through the Sunranto affiliate links at sunranto.com slash shopping. We've got tons of shit you can buy. 
Go to sunrancho.com, click on the shopping link, then click our ads and buy shit. We've got Amazon. They've got tons of shit. But you can also buy MLB shit, NBA shit, NFL shit, Fans Ed shit, Southwest Airlines shit, Fanatic shit, Reebok shit, Wine of the Month shit, Beer of the Month shit, Bear Mattress shit, StubHub shit, Lid shit, Sports Memorabilia shit, Volcanica Coffee shit, Vibrator shit, Condom shit, Bag shit, NHL shit, and Audible Membership shit. There's a whole lot of shit that can help the Sun Ranto Show stay on the air so we can keep talking shit. So buy shit today through sunranto.com slash shopping. Thanks. Cubs Jesus thinks you're the shit. We hope you didn't fill up on Turkey Day because at MyBookie, the fun is just getting started. This Cyber Monday, MyBookie is giving you a bet one, get one free promotion on the Monday night football games. On Cyber Monday, bet against the spread on the Week 12 Monday Night Football game, and whatever you wager up to $100, you'll receive that same value back in a risk-free bet for Week 13's Monday Night game. MyBookie is the only sports book where buy one, get one means you're the one holding the bag. Don't miss out. Head to mybookie.ag this Monday to get in on some exclusive promotion. To set the stage before you redeem the bet one, get one free promotion, why not wager on the biggest matchup of Week 12? The Los Angeles Rams versus the Green Bay Packers in a clash of the NFC juggernauts. Don't look for either side to hold back. Bet the over and thank me later. Set yourself up for success by doubling your first deposit when using promo code SPORTSDRINK at MyBookie. That's promo code S-P-O-R-T-S-D-R-I-N-K to double your initial deposit all the way up to $1,000. Bet anything, anywhere, anytime with my bookie. Okay, lock, lock St. John, the, <laughs> you know, the... Sorry, the, I'm going to laugh every time I hear the name. <laughs> the new greatest uh, name on the Cubs. He's got to be, right? At least on the 40-man. Yeah. And um, yeah. Yeah, I'm looking. I'm looking at the forty man now. Uh, yeah, yeah. I don't. I don't even know who's challenging. He's really good. That's a really great name. But we've kind of heard that a bunch. So maybe it's just kind of recency bias. I want a new name. So, uh, but Lock St. John might not even be with the Cubs. But Lock St. John is a Cardinals player name, right? Oh yeah. That's a, that's a ran. That's a the Japanese random American baseball at name. The, the Nintendo baseball game. I mean, uh, I looked him up a little bit. He's a minor, basically, uh, it's a minor league signing, but he's a lefty. And, um, yeah, let me put up his numbers because he had a cup of coffee. He's, he's old for a guy. Yeah, I mean, you know he's old when the entire screen just disappeared behind a bunch of towns that we've never heard of. Yeah, well, I mean, come on. He was with four different teams like one year, three different teams another. So <laughs> this is his minor league stats. This is a lot of, this is a lot of minor league stuff. And, uh, you know, he's a strikeout guy, but unfortunately he's also kind of a walk guy. He's 75 strikeouts in only 59.1 in- innings. Um, he's like – he's a lefty. Um, he's got like a weird like – Three force delivery wrist snap looking thing, so I think he hides the ball really well. Um, but not a lot of elo, uh, fastball slider change. So I mean, I don't know. This guy could he had a cup of coffee with uh, Texas last year, and that got him to the show. He's from the Tigers organization, um, and I don't know. Is his stuff really di- does? It might be one of those situations where his stuff plays really well in the minors. And then he hasn't had a chance. But with this Cubs bullpen, 
you're at least going to get a lefty, uh, well, being a lefty, and we just lost Rex Brothers to the Brewers, so now he's going to be lights out and have a scoreless hitting streak for, oh, yeah. <laughs> at least against the Cubs. But, uh, you know, so you get you stockpile your lefties, you you get everybody you can, and uh, you see how it kind of plays. So, um, But this is a good little signing, you know, picked him up. Um, non-tenders, J- uh, Jason Adam, uh, Tr- Trevor McGill went to the Twins, which, I mean, I mean, that guy had some good stuff. He had he was one of the few dudes with like some serious velocity, right? And then, but he just got hit. So yeah. he was it too straight? Like everybody no knew movement. it was coming. No movement. Yeah. Yeah. And then uh, I already said Rex Brothers signed with the Brewers, so he he gone, as uh, Hawk Harrelson would say. As then, Hall of Famer Hawk Harrelson would say. And then. <laughs> Now we're gonna get a now now Crawley's gonna get now now Crawley's gonna rant yeah and then uh, I guess which was the precursor to the Clint Frazier signing getting rid of Michael Hermosillo which he was tearing it up last year in AAA finally got a shot got hurt was good I guess I mean he did fine and then he got hurt and then they just let him go so I don't know. They got rid of Hermosillo, who is basically a fourth outfielder, right? And then they've signed two fourth outfielders now with Clint Frazier and the uh, wrong Ramirez, right? Yeah, Harold Ramirez. And so if you look at the the depth there with the outfielders, you got Hayward, which who knows what he's going to do next year, um, Ortega, Hap, uh, and Ramirez, and then, you know, Frazier, and then maybe like that guy Dykeman, Who's they're they're, they're hanging their hat on Ortega. He's the future. I get. <laughs> I mean, I mean, if the new CBA comes through, I think he's instantly a free agent at this point. You know, because he's thirty-one. You know, right. they're trying to do it by age instead of service time, but um, or both. So I don't know. Nothing really major with that news. But the big other major news I think we should talk about is Javier Baez signing with the Tigers. Six years, $140 million, could opt out after two. And it seemingly, from what the rumored numbers were, took less to play for the Tigers than he did than the Cubs offered. Maybe, maybe that offer stopped after, you know, the, the winter of 1920. That's when those conversations <laughs> right. were being the had. The winter of then, 1920. <laughs> Way back. <laughs> so when, when, when people a, a model T and a handshake. And when he said people no. talk about what Baez took, you you had a situation where uh, he was, you know, looking that the Cubs supposedly made him offer in the winter, right or right at, in the before the season of 2020, and then everything went to shit, as we all know. And Baez had an awful. 2020 season and 2021 he was kind of just all over the place up down hot cold no consistency when he looked good he looked great when he looked bad he looked awful and so it was I think it's one of those situations where should he have taken the deal that the Cubs gave him yeah but he was coming off a high and the thing is is what they say is that Javi's people say that the Cubs never came back usually you kind of get into this back and forth and you kind of end up someplace in the middle of what you're looking for and that the Cubs made their one offer, the pandemic hit, no more offer was made. That that seems to be the Cubs' mo. We're going to give you one offer, take it or leave it. And if you if you don't take the fucking one thing that we do, we're walking. That seems to be that's kind of what fucking KB was sort of talking about. You know, like 
they're giving them a, a chance for the one thing, and then they're just like, no, nope, after that. Well, and but Will's, we also – we don't know what the, the terms of that deal were. Did he turn down – I I heard it was in the 160s. Did he actually turn down the 160s, or did he turn down 10 years for 160? You know and, what I mean? Like, yeah, and, I, I don't know what that was. And uh, no trade clauses – uh, opt outs, outs yeah. things like that, you know, so you, you've got to, you know, he wants to play for the Tigers and that's, that's a rebuilding team right now. But then we watched them and they had some fun young players there to yeah. be on the up and rise there. I, you know, and I, and I followed, uh, or I, I looked into this a little bit, found a, a Detroit paper talking about it. And, you know, they basically said they need defense. They've got a young pitching staff and they need defense behind them. And they've been really bad at the shortstop position. So, you know, they're hoping that uh, Javi anchors that defense. And then, you know, I mean, my, my concern is the size of that field. We, we all know that Javi can crush a ball out of any ballpark in, you know, in the majors, but that's a big field. You know, it's just so we'll have and, to hit inside the park home runs, and right? It'll, maybe, it'll, be, maybe, maybe it'll be a double king. It'll be a double king, like uh, triples, 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 right? <laughs> yeah. No, so oh, that would be wonderful if he just brought the triple back all by himself. Triples the best play in baseball. I saw Luis Medina talking about that. We used to talk about that all the time backstage and outside the Ivy about how much we love triples. <laughs> like, yeah, it really is a good play. Um, I love a uh, little yumper writes in. Stroh is on marquee right now. So if you're watching us, I don't know what the hell's wrong with you. Cause Stroman's on. But thanks for tuning in. Oh, uh, he's not saying, I, I, he's I not stopped saying watching, anything. I stopped watching after you put the whatchamacallit picture up. I've been keep going back to the brand. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, sorry for those on the podcast but that um, who, who didn't get to see. Uh, what yeah, we really are sorry you missed that. Fiance looks like, but uh, uh, seems like a nice person. But he's got a great yeah. head of, of hair. So, um, okay, uh, I mean, I was sad about Javi, but you know, I, I'm happy that he got the money. Though. I'm, I'm like, glad he got the money. So many people were down on him, saying that he was going to get like, they're like, oh, he'll be lucky to get eighty million. All this bullshit. Yeah. He's Look, got a, he's got a deal for twenty three million AAV a year. Fucking let, let, way to go, kid. Let's look at it this way here. That 2016 team meant so much to all of us that if you did not cry at some point during the World Series, after the World Series, the week after, you're not a Cub fan. That that meant the world to so many of us. And those players that played a key role will always have a special place in our heart. And it's hard to watch them go other places and see them in a different uniform. It's like when you see Ron Santo in a White Sox uniform. It's like when you see Billy Williams in an Oakland A's uniform. It doesn't look right. That being said, okay, it's these guys are like girlfriends, right? You have this girlfriend, you love her, everything's great. You break up and that's hard. Okay. But now you see her with some other dude and you feel like shit and that Mm -hmm. sucks. Now, we got Strowman. It, it eases the pain a little bit. Like, oh, we got a new girlfriend too. She's really cool too. Like, it's kind of one of those things <laughs> see, where it's like it makes it easier. See, I I disagree. I, I sort of disagree there. I think the Ricketts have fucking spoiled, like, just ruined everything so much that it's like uh, seeing your best friend like get away from his abusive father. It's like good. 
fucking get away, go live somewhere else. You know, I'm glad you got a new dad. Like just fucking go and enjoy that. That's like, I'm happy that these guys are getting out of here because look, the rats are fucking fleeing the ship and the rats are the good guys in this fucking scenario because you know, the rickets are just toxic assholes fucking everything up. Whether or not it's a good decision to move on from, the entire core all at the exact same time, whether that, cause that could, that could prove to be an incredible decision as these guys decline. It really could. And, Absolutely. Uh, yeah. And, but, but, but even if, even if it wasn't a great decision, even if they made the decision to have kept one just for like old time sake or something like that, you know, I, I, what shocks me is that they couldn't, they didn't have enough goodwill with any of those players to get a deal done. You know, with especially like somebody like Chris Bryant, you had him here. He was the best of all of them with an Anthony Rizzo. Who's going to age just fine over there at first base. Like even though if his back hurts, you get him a backup. You know what I mean? You got the DH coming. And even <laughs> even Pujols at 67 years old can play some fucking Dude, first base. I was watching Pujols play the other days down in the Dominican. He doesn't care <laughs> that he made all this money. He wants to go play baseball. He's, doing he's just a ball season. player. Yeah, he's just a ball player. He's going down there. You don't see any freaking white kid from California running down there after he's 40 years how old. Many, how many countries did Manny Ramirez play in? Like yeah, after his movie career? And he's from New York. He's Speaking about Speaking of that, we're going to talk about this a little bit later, but Mitty Minoso played baseball in seven different decades. Yeah. From the 40s to the 2000s, he played uh, professional baseball at least one or two at-bats in each decade. The last time he was 77 years old, and he's just like, this is fun. I'm going to go fucking draw a walk. <laughs> Well, uh, just a couple more of these things that went around uh, in the major leagues. Rangers got uh, Rangers spending money. They got Simeon and Seager and Half John, a billion. Yeah, and John Gray. Uh, the Mariners got uh, Cy Young winner Robbie Ray. They're kind of going for it. They're rumored after Bryant. Scherzer and Starling Marte to the Mets. That billionaire still is spending money. Cohen. Uh, oh, they got also Mark Canha and Eduardo Escobar, just a little more like placeholder guys. Gaussman went to the BJs the blue jays and uh I, and then uh, they there were a couple there was a sandy alcantara the marlins are kind of going for it so sandy alcantara uh they they signed a big extension and then uh Avisel garcia uh he went from the brewers the brewers lost him and there was a bat in their in their lineup that will no longer be there and now he's going to be with the marlins they, they might have overpaid his ass though it seemed like it was like pretty good deal for him i mean he's a decent player but I mean, I don't know. So I feel like with all the action that just happened, with all these teams really going deep in their pockets for a lot of these guys, the owners don't feel good going into this negotiation. You know, they're like, let's get them now because when we get out of this fucking thing, our, you know, we're, we're going to, the, the, Luxury tax is going to go way up or it's going to be gone. Uh, you know, we're going to have to spend a bunch of money anyway. Things are going to change. We're going to get taken to the fucking woodshed in this one because well, we've won the last two. And these guys are smart. Unlike the fucking rickets sitting around with their thumb up their ass, like, let's find out what's going to happen. Like, and eh, we feel like we're going to have a good time and we're going to fucking make some money. 
everybody else is like, we're going to get our asses kicked. Let's go get some of these guys now because we're going to have the room later because we're going to, I mean, the Rangers are going to be like, we don't need a fucking luxury tax. You know, the Mets, we don't need a luxury tax. All these teams that are spending a bunch of money, those owners are on the player side now. Well, we'll talk all about the luxury tax and what the owners and players want after this commercial break. Do you like having sex? Me too. That's why I always wear my Sunranto swag shirts every time I'm looking to get some. It's the only t-shirt guaranteed to get you laid. Knock boots in your shankless shirt. Bump uglies in a rancher long sleeve. Ride the skin-busted tuna town in a dabbing cubes fan shirt. Take old one-eye to the optometrist in your bull penis awesome attire. Or smash pissers in a spagog shirt. Sunranto swag shirts are just like people. There are many different sizes and colors to choose from. Plus, at Sunranto's Swag Store, you'll find Vintage John Baker Day, Designated Hater, and Matt Camerer drawn rally titty designs on everything from shirts and hoodies to baby onesies, bags, and hats. Go to sunranto.com slash swag and check out all the sexy styles guaranteed to get you laid. You'll be stuffing the soft taco in no time. sunranto.com slash swag guaranteed to get you laid. Wearing Sunranto Swag products not guaranteed to get you laid. Sunranto Swag is not responsible for your sexual life. Sunranto Swag is for entertainment purposes only. So, Carly, I saw you tweet out yesterday uh, uh, some of uh, MLB's terrible ideas. And, uh, Michael, you were in on that thread a little bit. Uh, uh, ads on uniforms, that's something the players actually suggested, I think. The way to generate income for, for the whole league and for the players and for themselves. And um, which I, I don't hate that, but I thought it was funny. We're in a post uh, – post-European football world, right? Like the the name on the jersey is you, Arab Emirates fucking airlines or whatever it is. And the, the actual name of the team is a little patch on their sleeve. I, I mean, it drove me bonkers seeing that Nike shit on the jerseys as bad as it was, like as, as prominent as was. I cannot imagine. I mean, like, so I love collecting uh, autograph photos is another one of my hobbies. And, uh, you know, just to see, like, you know, I got the picture of David Bodie hitting that grand slam. I got picture of Rizzo doing the tarp catch. You know, just, just seeing all those and then imagining a bunch of patchwork shit on there is just garbage. I cannot stand the idea. It makes me sick to my stomach. Imagining Nuveen right across her chest. Yeah. <laughs> Gallagher <laughs> on, on the on Miggy's Grand Slam. All, all you really notice is a big Tropicana. Seven <laughs> Eleven. Yeah, um, I, I I agree with Carly on this. I don't I don't like the uh, I don't like the different ads. The the Nike swoosh annoyed me too. All of this has annoyed me, but. Of the fucking things that they keep suggesting, this is the least terrible one, in my opinion. Well, and I don't know that they'll do it because aren't they going to cut into their jersey sales considerably? I mean, the Nike no. one, they bought that one, but it's this tiny little Nike swoosh, and you notice it, and it's a, and it's it's noticeable. But if your whole thing is just like Tropicana, Orange Juice, 7-Eleven, Burger it, King, McDonald's all over your body, like who's going to wear that? Like, you know what Danny, I mean? Soccer players. Yeah, but soccer players, that's all they have. You see people wearing I mean, you know around here you don't Battle see it. Bar. Yeah. Yeah, but you see that shit 
all the time. I mean, they, it, it's not like they're inventing this. Yeah. It's been out there for a long time. And if you looked at the thread last night, Meatball Mike was saying it's on the NBA jerseys, in which I reminded him I don't watch any other sport than baseball, so I yeah, didn't yeah. see it. But Now, the NBA no. jerseys are very small. It's it's like a little sort of patch over on the thing. Now, one thing that could actually make the jersey more valuable in a resale fashion is if they, you know, because the Cubs haven't changed their jerseys in you know, 20 years or whatever it is. But if they switch from Nuveen to fucking uh, Gallagher on their jersey, well, that one's a 2028 jersey, and that's a 2029 jersey. You can't get the 2028 one anymore. Nobody's going to wear that. No baseball fans are wearing that (laughs) shit. I'm just saying. And then the the throwbacks are just going to be the actual jersey with with – Taking off all the shit. When when Nike signed their exclusivity deal and Majestic was out, they had all the jerseys for like fifty percent off. I went crazy. I bought a bunch of fucking Majestic jerseys for half off. Yeah, because I didn't want the Nikes at all. Yeah, exactly. And, 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 uh, I love that Crawley's saying this. Fucking Nike swoosh right there on his throat, just right, yeah. <laughs> right in the camera. For yeah, anybody who's not watching, he's wearing he's wearing the Nike swoosh on his on his. Uh, Cubs shirt I'm, right now. This is I'm, one of those uh whatchamacallit, the uh the body wicking shirts that like kinda like you just wear under the jersey. Look at I'm wearing. I'm wearing, I'm wearing a shirt I made myself, except for that it's sold through Amazon. I even had to buy my own shirt. Are oh, you getting and, laid and, wearing that well, shirt? Since, since, every since night. we're showing. What do you got? I got ah, that, that's baby. a sixty the sixty nine jersey. Nice. nice. I got the sixty nine Santo on today. Uh, because it's kind of chilly, but it's the perfect weather for the fucking, you know, wool jersey. Um, and then the other thing, and we've talked about this so much, how much we hate expanded playoffs, but unfortunately it seems like both sides are kind of for it because they make more money. Right. Uh, you know, yeah. so both of them will make more money. So that's kind of like a one place that they can unfortunately agree on, even though we think it ruins the sport overall. Maybe then- we should get the Cubs to pay us to do this podcast because – we have this shit on our hats. Like, I mean, uh, I'm sure Ricketts would love to spend money on stuff <laughs> just that doesn't benefit him all as we sit there and rip on him all, you know, all year. Oh, um, we change our tune in. Oh, yeah. I don't know. A couple. I, in I've 10 grand. Said that. You we'll can buy. No, I could be the Jesse Rogers of podcasters. <laughs> I'm just like, you buy me off just for access. You know what I mean? I, I, I work cheap. Um, the, uh, the other things though, I don't really want to talk about the expanded playoffs cause we've already talked about that a bunch, but, um, the, the big sticking points. And I thought this was interesting and I had to think about it for a moment. Is like, why would they want that? Um, is, you know, obviously the players want less years to get to free agency. That seems like a big sticking point for the owners. They want to keep that thing at 30 years old, 29, 30. They want the six years of control players want five. They want to dial back the age. They wanted to make it more age based, I, I, I believe. And then, um, but they also don't want revenue sharing. The players don't want the owners to do revenue sharing anymore because it allows too many teams. They're trying to address tanking. The players the are trying pirates. to, yeah, they're trying to address it. They want to, well, the owners are saying they would do a minimum salary as long as they've got a, a threshold, but I haven't heard anything about that recently. But I thought it was interesting that they don't want revenue sharing because that dude doesn't have to put it. Ben Charrington or whatever the hell's name is uh, from the Pirates 
or is that the uh, well? He's not yeah. the owner. He's yeah, the president yeah. of baseball. Whoever the freaking owner is, you know the, uh, that guy. He can just sit back and collect the, the freaking revenue sharing money and not do shit. You well, the other I mean? thing they were talking about is having an NBA style draft. Okay, and so you know, right now in baseball, the team with the worst record gets the number one draft pick. Well, if you're in basketball, you have the best odds if you have the worst record of getting the top draft pick, but you are not guaranteed that number one. Yeah. So there's a risk involved. Nobody cares. It's the fucking MLB draft. Nobody cares. They do it on a Wednesday afternoon in in fucking June when there's actual baseball going on. It's like the first thing they need to do with the draft is learn to fucking market it. You know, maybe actually get somebody excited about it before you worry about well, like it's it's hard to get wet. it's hard to get excited because the players don't have an immediate impact for the most part. You but can like, make money on that broadcast if you just fucking market it. How, how often do we have no idea that there's even a not draft? Not that happening? much because we're not even going to see him for five years. You know what I mean? Like, oh, right. here's this guy with glasses, and I guess I'll remember his name five years from now when he gets the double. Right. A. You know what I mean? So it's like you know, like, and also Jan Gomes. Great career in the major leagues, you know, veteran uh, catcher, been with a lot of teams, very respected around the league, drafted in the 39th round. You know what I mean? In an amateur draft. Like, the actual (laughs) players that play in the major leagues aren't all from the stupid – you know, high school. Right. Like, like, that's when part of how you market this thing. Nobody leaves. Watch now and you'll see him in 10 years? No, no, no. no. (laughs) Nobody leaves. Once you start the draft, you go through 57 rounds. Nobody fucking leaves until all those players are gone. And you're live. You're watching these dudes who haven't slept in like four days and they're fucking all whacked out. And they're just like. I just know that when when you watch the NFL draft and the, the Bears pick Justin Fields, everybody's talking. Everybody couldn't wait for him to be announced the starter. I mean, what did he go, two games before he was starting? Yeah. And so it's just an immediate impact on your team, and that's what draws there. But, again, by by making sure that the worst teams don't automatically get the best pick, it's saying to the players that you can try tanking, and that doesn't necessarily mean you're going to get a number one pick. Well, yeah, and it right, should. but you could make some money for your, you know, you you could make some money for your single A people. I mean, there are teams out there. I mean, they'd get real excited in South Carolina to find out there was a good player coming there. Not really. Nobody yeah. cares. They don't know those guys. They just bring their kids out because it's freaking something to do in summer. It's like <laughs> guys like me who brings the kids to get some extra bobbleheads, yeah, exactly. right? Because they right. <laughs> Just like, it's not a thing. Um, so uh, Crowley doesn't even take his kids anymore. He takes other people's. Either kids. way, they seem to be kind of far apart. I think the biggest sticking things is going to be the service time. I think that's the most important to everybody. And it's and I don't know. It I don't know that if if there's a if if there are canceled games, it's going to be because of that issue that they can't come to an agreement on the service time. And you know, and it's just a year. That they're looking for five years versus six years, 29 versus 31 or whatever it is. And like, I don't know, it, but the tanking thing, I think that's a really interesting approach to try to get teams to do the right thing and have competitive baseball. And I think it's interesting that the players are leading that charge. Um, okay. So good for them. But the other thing I love about that is that if you, because they are being sneaky here, right? They're saying no more revenue sharing. 
And that's that's fucking like candy to the Steinbrenners and the Ricketts and, you know, all these guys who have expensive teams. Potentially you know, like, yeah, want to divide the owners. Yeah, we don't want to give the, our money to fucking Pittsburgh and Tampa Bay. But the only but if you do that, if you have no revenue sharing, then there's no luxury tax. Right? Because well, there's the lux- be a luxury tax. They they said No, but they- the luxury tax, that's the money that goes to these shit teams. Right? So if you get rid of, of it, that's part of it. Where else is the money going? Well, they're sharing no matter what. Everything. They're sharing luxury tax or not. They share everything. Anyway, the luxury tax is just part of that. I mean, then the owner said they would only, they'd go from 210 to 214 and then to 220, which right. that's nothing. Yeah, that's nothing. You know, but that's like, I'm, I'm just saying that that's a, that's a backdoor to getting rid of the luxury tax. And if you get rid of the luxury tax, then there's, you know, then we're back to the yeah, fucking glory days of the Steinbrenners. There's no getting rid of the luxury 19, tax. 1990s Steinbrenner. Yeah. No, they, they won't get rid of it, even though the players the, – and that's one that the owners actually don't mind. They kind of want to have the luxury tax. They don't want to No, have they absolutely luxury. want it. They're the ones that fucking invented yeah. the thing because that allows them to have a reason not to pay these players. They're like, well, we – you know, the Ricketts, we can't spend all this money because we've – We've been the number two team in revenue, so the salary. Uh, now this, so now we have to go back in order to fucking we have to tank in order to get under it, so that we can start building again. Blah 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 blah. It's all bullshit. The fucking owners want that luxury tax, and I love now, the idea that they're going to backdoor their asses and get rid of that shit. Now it is an exciting week for friend of the show Bob Kendrick. Uh, if you don't know Bob uh, from the Negro League Hall of Fame Museum, uh, this week, uh, what is it, Saturday? The 10-member uh, panel voting on a number of players, including seven Negro League players, including the great Buck O'Neill, first yeah, African-American it's... coach in baseball uh, of the Cubs. He, he was the coach for the Cubs, first African-American, responsible for scouting guys like Lee Smith and er- getting Ernie Banks to sign, saved Billy Williams' career, uh, scouted uh, Lou Brock, just a, a large number of players, and it's long overdue. And Minnie Minosa from the South Side, uh, one of the first African American player. I think the first African American player for the no, Sox, he was actually Cuban, he, uh, he he was actually he, they call him the Jackie Robinson for Latino players because yeah, he was, the Cuban Comet. He was the Cuban Comet. Yeah, he he came from Cuba. He was the first like Latin American player to hit the big stage. So, and when, when I, I was there when they dedicated the Ernie Banks statue and I snuck into the VIP section, which is a story for a different day. Um, but Minnie Minoso was there, uh, because him and Ernie Banks were such good friends. And it was for me, just, uh, I was five feet away when Minnie gave Ernie saw Minnie and gave him just the biggest hug. It was just an awesome moment. Yeah. And there, and there are actually, uh, there's seven Negro players, league players up for the hall of fame in this uh voting right now um and uh, yeah i mean i listened to a podcast today uh black diamonds if you're not listening to black diamonds uh that's the uh bob kendrick negro leagues museum podcast about the negro leagues it's absolutely wonderful and they went through every player today uh when i'm walking around and just listening about all these guys, uh, go out and check that podcast out. 
for sure. It, it's wonderful, but uh, yeah. And good God, I Buck O'Neill should have been in the first time. Yeah. Uh, back in 2006, they did a special uh, consideration and they brought 17 Negro League players into the Hall of Fame. Sadly, every, every, Buck yeah. O'Neill was not one of those. And yet they asked after they told him he couldn't be in the, the Hall of Fame, they asked him to induct him. To induct yeah, them. Bob, and, Bob told the story on this show. He told us yeah. all about it. You know, I mean, Bob came on here last year and he came on here uh, years ago when I interviewed him uh, a few years back. And he, t- it's one of the main stories he tells. And like, and that, you know, just Buck O'Neill was such a great ambassador for the game. He really, I think, was a uniting factor uh, between the Negro Leagues and the Major Leagues. And, you know, there's a lot of intangibles that I think he brought to the table. And he was a hell of a scout and a manager and a baseball player. He had so much talent. But he didn't have, like, you know, all the talent just in one area. You know, he just is probably most talented. His greatest contribution was bringing everybody together. And he kept doing that. So I yeah, and I, yeah, Danny, I would say you're absolutely right with that in hope, in life and in baseball. Yeah, I hope they announce it, and uh, I got a few announcements myself. Uh, Cubs caroling is in ten days. Um, it's uh, d- I got uh, my December, hat on. I'm ready. December 11th, 5 p.m. We're going to meet at G Man Tavern, uh, and we're going to run through the set there. I'm dropping the link in the chat right now. Uh, that I would love to see all you guys there. This is a Cubs Insider article that I typed up yesterday. And uh, it's got all the information about how you can hang out with us that night. Everybody's invited. Kids, probably not so much because no. it's yeah, no, no, it's no. bar hopping. Because you go into bars, yeah. You could meet us by when we're by Wrigley, though, and like bring the kids for a bit of it. You know, we we uh, we carol bit. right by the uh, ice rink. Yeah, for all the uh, people, uh, and the, and people love to kind of see it. So yeah, we'll be there by six six thirty seven. Yeah, so we'll mosey over there. We'll see how it goes. <laughs> Um, and also, I started Secret Ranter again, which is our version of Secret Santa. Uh, twenty-five dollar gift, gift uh, maximum, minimum, whatever. Make it twenty-five dollars around, you know, that you're going to spend on somebody. But it's a good fun thing we've done for a bunch of years in a row. We exchange gifts. Uh, last year, it's hilarious. Last year, I haven't used it yet. I got a twenty-dollar gift certificate to the MLB shop, and I, <laughs> I think what I'm going to do is buy this year's Secret Ranter. Partly there you go. With, with this right here, you know, so works out good. So I just, I'm paying it forward as it is. Um, and then uh, right after the show, which we're going to end right now, pretty much uh, come join us over at the green room app, follow Sun Ranto show. And uh, we're going to have a conversation that you can be a part of. Crawley, I know that we were going to talk about disappointing. <laughs> we can still do it. Disappointing. Off seasons of the past, um, and uh, you know, that yeah. was just an idea we were floating around on a text. Well, I, yeah, I definitely think the disappointing off seasons of the past, and also if you have ideas, of, if you want to talk about, if you, I think people want to rant about these bad ideas that Crawley put out there on Twitter. Like, yeah, I, I think I, we have some ideas, and uh, Crawley is here to hear you. Just scream about yeah. them. So fog, download the Green Room app, follow us, Sun Ranto Show, and we'll see you afterwards. But before we go, does anybody have any TFCs? Oh, I, yeah, I have two. Cubes. I have two flexing cubes. Am I the only one? I got one. So if you got two, we said we were only going to do one from now, Michael. <laughs> 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 
All right, here's I'll, I'll just go. Okay. All right. I got an email from the Cubs the other day on <laughs> Cyber Monday. <laughs> okay. <laughs> from Cubs.com. And they said, uh, okay, and season ticket holder wait list, waiting list. Cyber Monday at its finest. Join the waiting list today. It says, secure your free spot in our lineup for season tickets by joining the season ticket holder waiting list today. When Chicago Cup season tickets become available, they will be offered to members of the waiting list. Don't miss your chance to be a part of must-see moments inside the friendly confines. Meanwhile, the White Sox are like selling ticket packs at discounts. Other teams I'm getting, I've bought from other teams. They're like, hey, buy today. And it's like two for one Thursdays. Then all these deals. And the Cubs are like, hey, Maybe we'll let you spend $4,000 a ticket in the future, um, and then you take all the risk. I, there's your happy Cyber Monday. How tone deaf could these idiots be? Yeah. Oh, send God. it out. We know about the list. They should have at least waited until they signed Strowman to fucking put that out. They, they, they're just, I mean, they're two different departments, you know. Yeah. Anyway, well, that, was, that was annoying. That, so the, the, the cube is me. The, yeah. Cuba, the Cuba's the Cubs. <laughs> my, my first one here comes from a friend of the show, Joe Kilgallen. Uh, he says, baseball is depressing me right now. I'm going to take my mind off it by watching nine hours of the world's greatest band break, slowly breaking up. <laughs> I just thought that was hilarious. Uh, my uh, airdrop, for whatever reason, is not working, but Will Salmon is one of the beat writers for the Brewers. And he says, Brewers say they non-tender Daniel Vogelbach and John Curtis. And our friend Discipio.com said, Cubs couldn't afford to feed Daniel Vogelbach. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. That's awesome. It is. You got the, the craft services uh, as union here. Just yeah. cost too much. So okay. I got I got two songs to end the show. Uh, one was that I, I would you know I wrote it a few days ago. I released it to the Patreon people. By the way, thank you to our Patreon people. Uh, you guys get stuff first. You always get the podcast early. You get all the music early. Uh, we we have special things throughout throughout the season for the Patreon people. So please join at patreon.com slash sunranto. But I released this to those people first, and then things started to thaw a little bit. So maybe this uh, diatribe. I got two Christmas songs. This diatribe against Tom Ricketts is unnecessary at this point, but it's a good fucking song, so I'm going to play it anyway. And then I, I wrote a song right before the show. Like, in five minutes, I wrote and recorded a, a, a song, and I'm debuting it tonight. It's a parody of uh, Let It Snow called We Got Stro. And we'll see you on the Green Room app right now. So, Spagog, everybody. Spagog! Spagog! Fuck yourself. Bastard Tom Ricketts Saying money's tight While the Cubs are hiking up the ticket price Fuck yourself, you cheap bastard Tom Ricketts Buy a team today Cup fans deserve more Considering what we pay Said Marquis make a better team We 
spending on the cups as the price goes up for beer. Wish Tom was in such a stingy owner, a miserly clown. Said you'd never have to tear the whole team down. So fuck yourself, you cheap bastard Tom Ricketts. Thought our best days were behind us But then the Cubs surprised us Rick get started spending dough We got troll, we got troll, we got troll I didn't think we were trying No big free agent signings But now we're not gonna blow we got troll, we got troll, we got troll. A pitcher who throws lots of strikes won't give up a lot of walks. He's a fierce and tenacious guy. Kicks other teams in the balls. Cub fans have a real good reason to watch the Cubs next season. Wrigley's gonna explode. We got troll, we got troll, we got troll. We got troll, we got troll, we got troll. We got troll, we got troll, we got troll. We got him! <laughs> We're not gonna suck. We hope you didn't fill up on Turkey Day because at MyBookie, the fun is just getting started. This Cyber Monday, MyBookie is giving you a bet one, get one free promotion on the Monday night football games. On Cyber Monday, bet against the spread on the Week 12 Monday night football game. And whatever you wager up to $100, you'll receive that same value back in a risk-free bet for Week 13's Monday night game. MyBookie is the only sports book where buy one, get one means you're the one holding the bag. Don't miss out. Head to mybookie.ag this Monday to get in on some exclusive promotion. To set the stage before you redeem the bet one, get one free promotion, why not wager on the biggest matchup of Week 12? The Los Angeles Rams versus the Green Bay Packers in a clash of the NFC juggernauts. Don't look for either side to hold back. Bet the over and thank me later. Set yourself up for success by doubling your first deposit when using promo code SPORTSDRINK at my bookie that's promo code s-p-o-r-t-s-d-r-i-n-k to double your initial deposit all the way up to one thousand dollars bet anything anywhere anytime with my bookie the sun ranto show is brought to you by symbol symbol is the sports stock market that allows you to profit off your sports knowledge there are two ways to make money on symbol First, every time a team you own wins, you earn a cash win payout. Second, just like the stock market, if you think a team is going to increase in value, you can buy low and sell high for a profit. 
Use promo code SD to make your first deposit risk-free. That means even if you lose money or just decide the market isn't for you, Symbol will refund your initial deposit, no questions asked. And we thank them for sponsoring the Sunranto Show. The Sunranto Show is also brought to you by the Spotify Greenroom app. The second half of the show, which you're about to hear, was recorded on the Spotify Greenroom app. It is an app that you download for free at the iOS App Store or the Android Store. You create a profile, you link your Twitter, you join a league. Uh, you follow us at Sunranto Show to be notified when the room goes live. And uh, then when we go live, you can join in the conversation. So it's kind of like a radio call-in show, uh, except you're using an application on your phone that you can download. So you can talk to me, other fans, athletes, insiders in real time. You get in on the conversation and uh, you can listen to lots of different things. There's all sorts of uh, leagues and concepts and uh, radio shows that are going live on the Spotify Greenroom app. You don't want to miss it. So check it out uh, and uh, download it today. And we thank them for sponsoring the Sun Ranto Show, which you need to follow on the Spotify Greenroom app. Sun Ranto Show. Here's our conversation. Hey, Matt, just unmute yourself and I, I think it'll work. Matt, you're muted. Yeah. Hey, dude. Yeah, it's working. So how you feeling, man? Well, good to talk to you. Yeah, good to talk to you, man. I can't wait to see you guys next week. Oh, it's going to be a blast. And let, let me ask you uh, just your initial reaction to the Stroman thing. Like, what? You know, I'm curious to hear from other people, like, if you were surprised that, you know, they actually pulled it together and did it. Um. I, well, we had to spend money somehow. There was no way we were getting away with the, the payroll we had. So am I surprised we got such a good deal on Stroman with a short contract? And yeah, yeah, I am. Uh, like I, more money than I thought with less years. Yeah. Yes. Um, I still think uh, if we're winning ball games, uh, it's because of the rotation, not because of our lineup. Uh, we're not going to be winning uh, any, uh, you know, 10 to 9 games with this lineup. We better hope for some 1 to nothing games. Yeah. And and also, like, I, I know that Stroman isn't, you know, he's probably not like the they, – they do gain a little velocity with what he brings to the table, but that's not really his game. It's more of a movement uh, situation uh, that he brings to the, the table. I think it's more movement-based. He's got a lot of different pitches. Uh, it, you know, he's mo- mostly relying on that sinker. So it's like – which which he can throw it like, you know, 92 miles an hour and stuff, which, you know, when you got movement and stuff, like that's pretty impressive. But it's, it's, it's not necessarily like a completely different profile than some of the young guys that – they're trying to work with right now like you know Alzelay yeah. I mean Alzelay throws harder than he does and then Stroman does yeah well it's exciting to see guys excited for the signing when Alzelay is you know posting on Twitter you know bring the guy like you know you, you know they're excited to bring that swag back to the locker room Jack uh, you just joined yeah. the room as a speaker <clears throat> Hey, Jack, how you doing? Hey, Danny, how are you? Good, man. How you feeling tonight? About- I'm feeling great. I mean, <laughs> coming in today, I mean, I, I love this deal. I, th- I think I, I, I love the short-term three-year deal. I, I think what Judd's been doing these last couple of days is just giving the team a lot of flexibility. 
you, you look at this like Stroman deal, obviously being the three-year deal, if next year's not working out and Stroman's pitching really well at the deadline, he's a guy that you can flip. He's got no no trade clause. Uh, you you look at the uh, the, the catcher signing uh, Rivas or Jan Gomes that we just did. Um, that gives us flexibility with Contreras. If granted, if things are working out and and and, and Gomes is the backup for uh, Contreras and catches sixty games next year, that that's awesome. But if it's not, it sort of gives us that flexibility. So I, I, I think Chad is really to not to coin a term or to use a term from the front office is doing a good job of threading the needle here and um, giving us both a chance to compete in 22. But if it doesn't, doesn't work out, giving us the flexibility to sort of get some value out of, out of the guys that we're doing. I hope we continue to do these short term high AAV deals that take advantage of the payroll that, that Ricketts is, is given the team. And, and, and I'm just happy Jack is not forcing me to apologize. I thought that's what he was coming on to do, but he, he took a good hot take and went with it. <laughs> yeah, Crowley. No, I'm, 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 I'm joking on that one. I know um, you are, man. No problems. And, and, and I guess like when people, my frustration is what you're talking about. Everybody knew that the best way for the Cubs to, to get the maximum out of what they wanted were these short term high AAV deals, right? You didn't want guys blocking people and clogging them up when the team gets better, uh, from the minors in three years. So you have money to spend that the John Gray deal was a really good deal. Like, there's no reason the Cubs couldn't have topped that. The Steven Matz deal was not anything out of what the Cubs were able to do. So there, I feel like, you know, a lot of people, and I, I don't want to, I don't want to rain on anybody's parade here. Okay. Happy that they got Stroman. It's great. I just, it, to me, it was just frustrating because there's other moves out there that really, in my opinion, truly could have made this team a legit contender for next year. And I feel that they, uh, I think Michael brought it up earlier in the show. We're kind of asleep at the switch. I think a lot of the owners, there was an old Saturday Night Live sketch. I don't know if anyone remembers it. Remember that Jack Wilson when he yelled, you lie to Obama during the State of the Union? And it was a it was a hilarious bit on Saturday Night Live where they were showing like the behind the scenes. And they're like, yeah, let's call Obama a liar. They're all saying this. And then Jack Wilson goes to the bathroom and they decide later on to not do it anymore. But nobody told him. It just kind of like reminded me of that kind of situation where everyone, where all the owners were like, yeah, let's not spend. And all of a sudden Texas is like, go fuck yourselves. And it's just kind of, kind of caused like this, this chaos that you saw during this last week. The same thing happened to the Rockies a few years ago when uh, nobody told the Rockies that they were going to spend a lot of money for uh, the relief pitching. And they went out and got, uh, uh, what what was the dude the the Cubs had? They gave him a uh, Carlos Gonzalez. No, no, no. The the their closer. Uh, Wade Davis. Wade Davis. They gave him fifty million dollars. <laughs> oh, they spent a ton on that bullpen. Yeah, uh, uh, the, all the uh, the O was that uh, all the guys that started with O. Yeah, that bullpen was was like it was like one hundred and fifty million dollars. Ottavino. It was some crazy thing. Can and I just say yeah, one thing it was real one quick? of those things where nobody knew or they didn't know that nobody was giving that kind of money to relievers anymore. If if you're if just I want to say real quick to anybody that comes in the room and talks, if you're not talking at that moment, just mute yourself because we're getting a bunch of background noise. We do release this as a podcast, and it's annoying for everybody. So, um, and and when you want to talk, yeah, just unmute like, yourself. Like for example. 
for, for example, like Michael using the microwave right now. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dude, I'm sorry. It, it shows that I'm... Uh... No, that little upper red thing isn't it anymore. It, yeah, that's... Okay, sorry yeah, about no. that. Yeah, it, I, I was looking at my thing and it says that I'm muted, so I was like, oh, I'm good. Uh, Michael's making hot pockets right now. <laughs> sorry about that. Um, yeah. Uh, well, I guess I'm the only unmuted one, so I'll say something. Uh, the, the other th- thing is that you still need a shortstop. Like, you know, when as you said in the beginning of the show, Crawley, you could have thrown a dart at any position on the, the field and you would have found something that we needed. And there are still like huge holes to fill. And quite frankly, they still have the money to spend. Um, the, you know, there are still some shortstops out there. I mean, uh, Trevor Story's still out there, which the Cubs were rumored to do before. But, I, you know, do you think they're done with, well, it's either today or after they hammer out the deal that they'll sign somebody? Do you think they're done? I think they're done. I think the plan, I think the plan was always to get a couple, two pitchers and one position player. Uh, what you didn't want to see was you're going for your second, third, or fourth choices. You wanted the Cubs to be aggressive and get their first choice. But no, it's, again, the free agent class of next year is hot, hot garbage. It's absolutely horrid. And you have to kind of be thinking that regard, like, okay, if you have very few players, uh, then you're going to be in a situation where everybody's going to be bidding a lot for guys that probably aren't worth what they're going to get. So if you have all these good players now – whether you're talking about uh, Carlos Correa or whether you're talking about uh, uh, Kevin Gossman or any of these guys, if you see something you like, and, and I know Michael's talked about this and we talked about Gordon Wittenmeyer talking about it before, you see something you like, you get it. You need to build, but you have to have some foundation to start with. And pitching never hurts. I never heard anyone say we have too much pitching. Yeah, anybody else think that? I mean, but do you think they're going to go out there? I guess specifically, I'll ask the specific question. Do you think that they will sign one of the big shortstops that are still left in free agency? Or are they going to go out there with your Nico and your Madrigal up the middle and with no backups except for like Alcantara or maybe, you know, what do you, what, what do you think they'll do there? That to me, uh, tr- it's Trevor Story and Simeon to me were the, t- or I'm sorry, Trevor uh, Story and uh, uh, Strowman were the two guys I think that they had targeted. That 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 ideally, that's what they wanted. Jack, yeah, yeah, yeah. Having trouble hearing you, Jack. Oh, sorry. Is this is this better? Yeah, that, that's much better. Yeah. Awesome. No, I, I think what it comes down to is, is the years on the, on the deal. So I think if we could get a shortstop, I mean, I, I don't think it's happening today. I, I think come February, March, if we could get a good deal on sort of the number of years and pay a little bit more for that, sort of like we just did with the Stroman deal, um, a, a shorter term high AV, if we could get a, a Trevor story for, I don't know, four years, a hundred million, something like that. I, I think that's something we'd be interested in. I don't think we're giving an eight year or a 10 year deal to anybody. Uh, they're, they're not going to give it the, the – they don't want anyone blocking anybody. Again, you, you're, 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 the cavalry is about three years away, three to four years away. So you don't want a guy like in this situation with Hayward right now. It's fine that he's there because, you know, it sucks, but what does it matter at this point right now? 
You know, if you were a real contending team and Jason Hayward was there, Jason Hayward would be cut. They would just pay him to go away. But you're not, so they don't give a shit. So they don't want that situation coming when you have a lot of good players coming up that they're blocked because you gave some guy four years ago when you really probably didn't have a chance to win it playing time in a big contract. But but when we look at these things and we, we look at the, the contract that Corey Seager just signed down in Texas for 10 years and kind of set the bar for a guy like Trevor's story, do we really think we're going to get a three-year contract out of him? He's in a weird situation with whatever the hell they're doing in Colorado. Um, he can do what he wants. I, I would say that that deal that, that Texas made was kind of a little bit of a head-scratcher on that one, I guess, in my opinion. I, I looked at that just kind of like, ooh, you know what I mean? I, I, mean want, you know, I want the Cubs to be aggressive, but... Uh, I mean, they are known for citing... Very large shortstop contracts. Um, yeah. So, uh, did did you guys see that the Rockies are tied to Chris Bryant? Like, yeah. <laughs> I saw that, and I was like, what in the hell are they thinking out there in Colorado? They just got rid of Arenado after they signed him to the biggest deal ever in their history, and they hated it. And now they're going to sign Chris Bryant. Sure, whatever. And, and and going into it, just looking at war, and I know we're not doing arbitration based on war or anything, but Corey Seager had a 5.5 and Trevor Story had a 6.0. Seager's one year younger, but, you know, again, they, they're, they're figuring that that's the guy that they want to build around. But 10 years, that's that's a long time. Well, you know, they figure 10 years they'll get five good years out of him because he plays about a half a season. Yeah, and and so Korea obviously is the cream of the crop with that six point six war, but uh, you know who knows? I mean, they're the, you know what, what he's younger. Well, he's younger, and what you can do is like you get the a high couple first years, the high AAV for the first couple years, and you know I think it plays, and then you can give some opt outs, and I think what you're hoping though, the how many years you got till Ed Howard is going to be a guy, or that or that or the even younger go even younger. Um, uh, Yeeson Santana, you know, like some of they got a bunch of uh, dudes that, uh, you know, Christian Hernandez, Christian Hernandez. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So now, but they're, but they're all a few years away. They're, you know, st- you know, down there, the, you know, they'll figure out what to do with them. I don't even know if they got even room to get them all on enough minor league teams, you know, to develop a much shortstop. And so it's, it'll be interesting to see, but you can't. You really don't want to block somebody like you said, like more than maybe two years, three years before you could start letting them come up and work them into your lineup. And uh, yeah, I mean, because if you do somebody like Correa, he's going to want the years. He's going to want, you know, he's going to want five, six minimum. He's a young guy. Oh, Correa, this is his big contract. This is. This is yeah. what you make it for. So this is your family generational wealth at this point. Yeah. So, so he's, he's not taking anything low. He's not going to take anything lower than that Javi did. So if you so if the Cubs went as much as I love Carlos Correa to be on this team, I just don't see like how it fits in for the long term, and you build around Correa for the next you know seven eight years. It doesn't doesn't make sense to me when you just went out and got all that. Shortstop talent, or when you feel like you might have something uh, that you that will play, you know, and have it for cheap. 
because then you can go buy your pitching and you don't have like this giant $30 million contract like sitting out there between second and third base every day. Yeah, you know, one of the things that I talked about last week, I think, is the idea that in the CBA, the whole, the idea that these contracts work out equally across every year is something that I wish they would get rid of so that they could structure. Because right now, if you look at Javi's contract, he's getting 23 million a year, regardless of what he actually makes each year. And if you do that, then you can, you know, you can stack the money at different times for different things. And I feel like they used to do that. Maybe somebody else has a, a little insight on this, but I feel like they used to do that in which the money they made each year was what they were making and what they based everything on. So if you had a guy that was making, you know, and then they would backload the contracts in order to have more flexibility early in the thing. But I I wish they would get back to that because the whole idea that you can sign somebody for 10 years, but it's going to cost you 25 million every year, even though some of the years he's only making 15 million. Like that's, that's frustrating to me. I don't know. I don't know how all that works exactly, but it would be nice if there was, if they got rid of that uh, average rather than what they're actually making. Well, I think it's about the luxury tax and that's uh, like, that's how they're computing the luxury tax on that. Right. Um, See, I think you're right about that, but I think, you know, if you look at a guy who, you know, might've had a big contract, but you aren't paying him so much this year that could, you could structure it so that you go under the luxury tax once every three years, just by how you're paying the guys that year. Does that make yeah, sense? but that advantages the 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 big market teams that are going to sp- spend the big money contracts, and then if you're a small market team, you, you can't compete with that. Like it, it, it's the the lug- it, it also is like for a competitive balance thing for making sure the best products on the field. Because um, if you're if you're a, if you're the Yankees or whatever, and you're you're paying someone no money, or you're, you you rig the contract and where you're paying someone no money at the beginning you could go out and spend all this money and not be over the luxury tax, which defeats the purpose of the luxury tax. And yeah, yeah that's, and that's, that's kind of my point, Jack. <laughs> Fuck that well, luxury well, tax. Well, yeah, I mean, I wouldn't mind getting rid of the luxury tax altogether. I mean, I, you know, more, I would rather, I, I think you don't need a luxury tax at all. I think you need a minimum amount you spend on your baseball team that it, and if you can't afford a payroll of a hundred million, Every year, you're not allowed to own a baseball team because guess what? There's a motherfucking ton of billionaires. There's more every year, and they can afford it. If, like, Bitcoin can be rolling around, like, buying, you know, L.A.'s biggest sports uh, facility, then, yeah, then you have to spend $100 million on a baseball team and pay these guys what they worked so hard to get there. And we've seen the revenue growth from the major leagues. And at this point, it kind of sucks that we're talking about – dividing up what we're considering to be a finite resource. I guarantee that the billionaires don't think that their money is a finite resource. They're thinking of it as infinite 
and they're thinking of, uh, unfortunately, that our natural resources are infinite, which which they actually are not. But money is infinite, according to these bastards. And they just want to grow their wealth at all costs. And they don't want to share it with anybody else, including the players. And so I would love to see it all go away. Like, just the, no more luxury tax completely. Um, just sky's the limit. You know, if you can spend... $400 million on your team to go, go right ahead. That's, I mean, that's kind of where I'm at. Does every, anybody disagree with that? Yeah, no, I'm, I'm with you. If you. Because if you can't, then sell your team to somebody who will, right? Like sell, sell your team. There should be some way to get rid of some of these owners that are out there, like the Pittsburgh Pirates owners who aren't doing the right thing. You know what I mean? Or the fucking Rockies owners are, some of the most insane, like the, these guys are terrible. Like well, I mean, the, 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 when you talk about it, that's Jerry Reinsdorf. It's right across town. He was the guy that was responsible for a strike that prevented his team from winning in 1994. And wouldn't you love it if he was forced to get rid of the team or oh, start God, paying yeah. more? Yeah. I mean, a lot of what's shitty with baseball, you can look right over to the south side and that that, that, that pompous asshole uh, you know, gets Harold Baines into the Hall of Fame and all the other stupid shit that he's done in his time. It's just, uh, it's just absolute hot garbage. But, you know, it's, I don't know. I, I don't, I don't quite understand how baseball has kind of just made such a mess of everything. And now you're sitting here. We're now, what, three and a half hours away from CBA expiring? Uh, th- this is, this is going to be one of those things where we got to hunker down and, uh, try to figure out how this is going to play out. And, and and MLB and the players have both, now I'm not going to sit there and yell biblical losses, but they both have lost money. They can't sit there and shoot themselves in the foot because that last strike absolutely killed them in 94. They never, they never fully recovered from that. And then if you sat, and then COVID, a lot of people said, you know what? I don't need to spend three, $400 taking my kids to a ball game. There's other things I can do. And I think COVID affected how how people are doing things. So if they're smart, you know, baseball was saved by Sosa McGuire. We've talked about that plenty of times. You, they, you, they got lucky on that. What are the odds that something similar to that is going to happen with the right personalities and the right cocktail of drugs and the right, you know, however everything worked out? You, you can't bank on that again. My ultimate dream is that they fucked this up so much that, a bunch of rival leagues start showing up and we can, Oh, (laughs) Artie just posted, go to independent wrestling show or whatever. Like I would love to see a, uh, like, right. Like real rival leagues, real leagues paying their players good money. And then see maybe five or six of them pop up and have them duke it out for the next 20 years until we get an actual good league again. One final plea for you all to join the Patreon campaign at patreon.com slash Sunranto. Um, This version of the podcast has advertising all strewn throughout it. And uh, if you don't like it, uh, then, uh, and why would you like being uh, barked ads at? Uh, Well, then you can subscribe. For as little as one dollar, 
at patreon.com slash sunranto. You get your own RSS feed. You get the show early. You get the show ad-free. And uh, there's perks at every level. You can get the music. I write out little newsletters. You get the f- photography and the f- that I take at the games. Um, there's, it, it just, it's a great way to help out the show. Become a ranter, a super ranter, and um, help out the show. Because I'm telling you, it, it'll make you feel good knowing that you're helping produce the Sun Ranto Show. Tickets and beer and Crawley's memorabilia, Cubs Cave, and, you know, uh, Michael Cotton tickets and all sorts of good stuff that will put your money to good use producing a great Cubs podcast. So please be, be involved with it. Patreon.com slash Sunranto. And you'll never hear me ask you again because I cut those all out of the show. So you'll never hear it again. You'll never hear this little uh, song that's playing. You'll never hear about uh, any of the uh, the advertisers that are fed us through our podcast network. You won't hear any about, of it. You'll just hear Cubs talk. You won't have your time wasted. And it is really cheap. A dollar, two dollars, three dollars. If you would buy each one of us a beer at Wrigley Field, that's like the three, four dollar level. So come on, join today. Patreon.com slash Sunranto. Quit screwing around. Here's the rest of the show. That's how the Cubs started was as a rival league. So, I mean, they had the White Sockings, but I mean, sorry, Wrigley Field was for the Shy Feds, for the Independent League. So, you know, I mean, that's how Wrigley got started. So who knows how it's going to play out. But I think it's just harder in today's climate to be successful and do that kind of stuff. I mean, you can. They do have the Independent Baseball uh, here by Chicago. They got the Rosemont Dogs. Danny, I think you've been there before, right? Yeah, Chicago Dogs, yeah. And, and you know, and I'll say this, too. It, you know, the, the winter leagues, uh, they're playing in the winter, and they're not necessarily in comp- complete competition with MLB, but the winter leagues are fascinating. I, you know, I said earlier tonight, I watched Albert Pools play. Uh, Robel Garcia's down there play. A lot of guys you've heard of, and these are old teams. Dominican Republic has been had organized baseball. Some of these stadiums are 100 years old, like Wrigley Field. Puerto Rico, another one. Uh, Julian Javier, um, the, that stadium there that I went to in Puerto Rico, um, it, you know, the, the, the amazing players are playing down there. Full uh, Santurce Cangrejeros, who play there, uh, in, uh, right outside of San Juan, or, or in San Juan, actually. That those, uh, you know, those are old teams. Those are hundred-year-old teams. They've had, they've got histories. They've got, uh, you know, and now they're showing them. You can watch them. You can watch them for way cheaper than the, the, how they divvy up MLB. So, I mean, I think ultimately, I don't think the MLB has anything to worry about right now because that's where all the big money is and all the best players are going to want to play in MLB. But if they continue to fuck this up and and if they do is something like, God forbid, they don't have a season this year, because I think we're all feeling like we're going to have a season right now. Not me. Right? No. I don't think we're going to have a season. I, I, believe, a- I believe the season start. I think it gets settled in February, abbreviated spring training, and a slight reduction in games. John Vasky says, I don't think we're having a season. I mean, I think it's pretty contentious, but, you know, and we saw what happened with the 60 games thing last year. But I don't know. What do you think, Matt? I just I'm curious, like I know this is it, you know, explain how baseball works to Matt. uh, And I'm pretty knowledgeable as to how things go. But I keep hearing people talk like. 
it's going to be two to three months, February, March, if this, you know, agreement doesn't, you know, we're going into lockdown tonight. Why are people saying February, March? Why are we so optimistic? We've known this day has been coming for years and they haven't been able to hammer anything out. A hundred percent with you, Matt. Like, A, it's just stupid. And B, yeah, every time you see this shit, every, every single CBA has come down to the last minute. Every time you watch Congress pass a fucking bill, it's like four minutes before it wouldn't do it. Like, why are they waiting? Why do these rich people just fucking sit on their thumbs all the time and do nothing until they absolutely have to? Like, it, I have teenage children. If they wait that long to do their fucking homework, I get mad. You know, like somebody needs to be taking these, you know, these kids, these rich billionaire kids and telling them, get your work done early. I would just say that more than anything is that there it's a pissing contest is what you're dealing with right here. Okay. So, you you know, as long as everybody's getting their checks, everything's fine. Right. So that's why the union tries to tell the players early on, hey, this is coming down the pipe. Maybe not buy a boat or a new car, just kind of save some money, put it aside in case kind of things happen because it really – yeah, you don't have to do that. But once game checks and gate checks and all those type of things don't start coming, that's when you have more pressure to do it. So everybody's kind of just waiting for somebody to blink, so to speak. And so the you talked about on the show, Michael, the owners have gotten the last couple CBAs really – took the players to the woodshed and the players are looking to get back on and on have being on the better end of that stick. But the, the owners are not going to give that up willingly, not easily. So who's going to blink first? Yeah, no, I, I'm with you, Carly. I, I, I see what you're saying, but <clears throat> I think this is going to be a knockdown drag out bullshit because of people like the Ricketts. And I, 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 I'll, I'll disagree because I think the Ricketts, more than anything, cannot lose another year of revenue in the in the area. I, I don't think they can do that. I think that's absolutely uh, more than anyone. I would think that the Ricketts would want to get a deal done. You need that place needs baseball and relevant baseball to be the income generator that they're looking for. You can't invest all this money in the surrounding area. You can't invest all this money in a TV station and not have any fucking baseball. But you Colin, can't, what you can't, about <laughs> what have they done in the last five years to make you think that they understand that? I think they understand when, when you don't have people coming out to Wrigley, you don't make money. I don't yeah, I mean, think they understand that. Oh, I think well, they understand it very I, clearly. I, th I think they saw it last year, uh, very much so, uh, when Blue Friday happened and everybody got traded, and you went to Wrigley Field that next day, you could hear a pin drop. It was and awful. It, and it stayed that way for the rest of the year. They did not have even close to a packed house for the rest of that year. They would they would put up on the vi on the video board, you know, thirty two thousand tickets sold, uh, thirty two thousand attendants. Well, that's tickets sold. And you looked around there; there was about twelve thousand people in that joint. We all those fancy clubs that they built that go for four hundred dollars a game minimum. Oh, those those things. My Thai guy, we sat down there for a hundred bucks. 
Yeah. And drinking, uh, drinking, eating, carving station. They know that they can't afford to, to no. just give us. And, and, and it's not it's not just the gate. It's the hotel. It's the bars. It's all that revenue. They they more than most owners are tied to having ball games and players. You know, when you talk about a guy like Grindsdorf, everything he gets, shit, he doesn't even pay for the stadium. The state pays for it. So, I mean, basically he gets his revenue sharing. He gets his TV deals his radio deals, but it doesn't really affect him as much as Ricketts because there's nothing around the South side and he owns none of it. So he can give two shits. But if you're the Ricketts and you have that much invested and you just have a new station, you can't be showing uh, division two, a baseball games all season long. That ain't going to cut it with the advertisers. It's bad enough. You have to watch Prevagen ads. You know, what's going to happen when you literally are showing high school tennis. I, I want to agree with you, Carl. I want to agree that that's the way that they're going to think, but it, it, they haven't proven that yet that they understand what it is that brings people to the park. You know what I mean? That's the problem. Like, I don't think they, un, they still don't understand baseball. Like, they signed Stroman today. I think, I, I think that made a huge difference. I think they just but, sold but a shit ton of tickets was, today. That was fucking reactionary. I think that was reactionary to. I think it was their guy. People. I I do think that they wanted Stroman. They went and got him, and uh, you know, even if they had to spend more money to get him, I think they did it. Um, I mean, I think they might have sold tickets for the first part of the month. They what they did do is sell a whole bunch of jerseys today. Yeah, zero. He he wears zero. Yeah, but I I love zero for a number. By the way. It's, it's you know, you, again, it's there's no way you don't see the revenue drop pre and post Blue Friday. I mean, Ricketts, you can say whatever you want, whatever you want about the family. That's fine. I'm not going to argue with you. I'm just telling you, there's no way that you sat there and you look at beer sales, concession sales, all that shit and not see a complete. This is I, just a bunch of rich. Like, yeah, Bernie, Bernie actually said that in the discussion in the chat. She pointed out that the, uh, you know, the stadium staff from all the parks will stu- will suffer again. They're the ones that are going to take it. You yeah. know, on I brought that up with my fiance last night. Like, not only do we not have baseball, but the economy is now shut down in Wrigleyville. And all those poor stadium workers that have nothing to do with sitting in this room full of rich assholes are out of their jobs or part-time jobs for the entire summer until this shit gets figured out. Right. And what I'm saying is, is that you can take a look at a lot of other owners that are more the problem than the Ricketts is, is my contention. And I think that there are a lot of, uh, I think, you have the major market teams that do get irritated with your Miamis and, and Oakland's and White Sox and Pittsburgh's. And so there is, but they're not going to side with the players. Even though it would benefit the big market team, they're not going to sign with the players. And Artie Boucher says collusion. Exactly right. You see the collusion going on. But it sucks for a lot of the big market teams to have to kind of keep uh, subsidizing these smaller market teams. They don't like doing it anymore, but they're not – going to give way to the players. No way. What if the big markets just say, fuck it all, and they're like, we're going to cut this goddamn league in half 
And it's just going to be New York, Chicago, L.A. I don't know. I don't know who else after that. Like, uh, <laughs> well, like unfortunately, I don't even know what the hell you're talking about. <laughs> no, like they're just going to be like, if you can't afford to be in our league, you're out of the league. You know, like, you know, and oh, and do relegation. So, you know, you cut it down to one league. You know, there's 14 teams in a league instead of 30. And the other 16 teams have to battle to try and get up. The the bottom three teams out of the 14 drop and the top three teams from the 16 go up. I'd love to see. I, I just want to see something different. I want to Isn't see, that what soccer does? Yes, that's exactly what soccer does. I want to see these... I want to see baseball change in ways that actually makes the game better and actually makes more competition and, and all of that rather than the way that they're doing it now. They're like, let's see if we could just make it so that everybody makes it into the fucking playoffs at the end of the year. And, you know, pitchers don't hit – and then next thing you know, it's going to be like, you know who else sucks at hitting? Catchers. So catchers aren't going to hit. And then everybody, like, you know what? Uh, you know, I kind of don't like my fucking first baseman and how he hits. So we're going to get. And then you're going to have fucking, you know, nine DHs and nine defenders. And it's going to be a fucking mess. That's how, that's the way this is moving. That's obviously, you know, a little hyperbolic. But I want well, them to go a direction that makes the teams have to fight for what they have rather than the direction that they're going now where everybody gets. Well, the players, the players are fighting plenty. The players are competitive. They're out there. They're trying their hardest. They want to win baseball games. They want to be in big moments. They've lived their whole life for this. They train hard. It's, it is the owners that I feel like with the small market team, it was that the, the small market teams, those guys, they, you know, with that revenue share, which I really do find that to be an interesting tactic from the players to be like, okay, now you guys can't share money anymore. The big guys can't help the small guys. You all got to figure it out a, a different way. But you're not allowed to, like, let these 10 owners just sit there with $40 million payrolls and, you know, get some money from the big guys, you know, make the playoffs every now and again because they managed to have a farm system. You know, like, no, that that is not because those are like the Rays. Like, how, how much do the players hate the Rays? You know what I mean? To yeah, go they, in there and never have any any payroll and still be in the playoffs because they get money anyway and have the, I mean, I guess they teams, do develop those players. Yeah, Danny, those two, those ten teams are like the uh, Division Two A in college football. They're like, yeah, we're we'll let Notre Dame come and play us, and they're going to beat us ninety-seven to zero, but we'll make a bunch of money because we do it. You know, like that's how it feels. Yeah, like the only time that the the only time that the Rays Stadium is full because there are so many retired New Yorkers. And Chicagoans and, you know, places from big market teams, uh, you know, that they pack that place. They play the Yankees a ton. They play the Mets a fair amount. You know, Cubs aren't there too much. But like Boston people, you know, like Tampa Bay, Miami, same thing. When the Cubs come to town, it is packed. And so, you know, that's but that that's the only time it's packed. They don't do anything to get there any kind of. 
to, they don't get it to get their team history going. Like, you know, what does the Rays team history museum look like? What does that look even? Yeah, exactly. Nobody can say anything because it yeah, doesn't look like anything. <laughs> it's Joe Madden. It's all Joe Madden. They're like, rem- <laughs> remember when we were the devil rays and the religious people didn't like the fact that it said devil? <laughs> That's their whole didn't they used, And then like the PETA people were mad because there's devil rays in their tank. <laughs> the Marlins Wall of Fame has Steve Bartman on it. <laughs> <laughs> I I believe they replaced that uh, that dolphin that jumps in the outfield for home runs uh, with Steve Bartman. That was the worst, man. I love that that, that thing. <laughs> I I did too. It was it was goofy, but interesting. Like it was interesting. I like the fucking apple that pops up in New York. Like right. it's interesting. Ex- I, 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 like I had a fun. I had a I like the I had pinwheels a fun down at Comiskey. I had a fun time. I went to opening day, was it 2018, Ian Happ hits a home run, you know, first pitch. And I went to uh, that stadium in Miami, and it was an absolute blast. I had a fun time. Again, it's not Wrigley Field, but Miami's not Chicago. It's a different vibe, so go ahead and just enjoy it. I just jumped in my skivvies and went in the pool. Um, yeah, but it, the, who, who else would you say are the – like I just – pull the number out of my ass, but who are the other 10 teams that you would say do not spend like ever, like just are that team that will never, I, I mean, I would put the Baltimore, I would put the pirates in that category very much. So, um, see, but, but see, when you say Baltimore, they did spend money. They just spend it badly. Like Chris Davis and shit like that. That was one guy, you know, but that was, and that was a while ago now. So they they must have recovered from that. But uh, I would say, I mean, it's funny because it's like teams like the Angels, like they try so hard. Yeah, Jack, and Jack's it, trying to jump in here with some. Okay, Jack, yeah, who do you Kansas think? Kansas City, I'm just trying to go through the divisions. Kansas mm-hmm. City, uh, who's in the NL East? Uh, pretty much everyone in the East tries, I think. Phillies. Well, the, the Mar- even the Marlins try. Even the Marlins will spend money from time to time. They just showed it by uh, the, the, the guy Garcia from deal. Creed actually made a whole song just like that, Danny. I believe it's Marlins Try. Is that what? No, it, I believe it, it's Marlins Will Soar. Look that uh, one up. Marlins Will Try, right? Marlins Will Try. <laughs> the Mariners, obviously. I mean, they're gonna they're gonna do it this year, but I mean, for the past like twenty years, they haven't done shit. Um, their their GM got fired from doing the Zoom with the Lodge Club or whatever, <laughs> bragging about how I didn't spend money. Yeah, we're bragging about collusion. <laughs> well, the and you brought you brought up the Rockies, but they actually did spend, and once again they did it stupidly. They spent like a hundred million dollars on on a four bullpen arms. <laughs> You're like, what? <laughs> Why? <laughs> so, but then, but then they actually spent money the right way. They had a homegrown product who is arguably the best defensive third baseman in the game. He's, you know, he hits well. He's fucking great. They give him the most money they've ever given anybody. And literally at the end of the first year of that contract, they're like, we need to trade this guy. Like, are you fucking kidding me? And then they send him to uh, St. Louis and paid 50 million of his fucking money. Like, Talk about bad money. Like, 
I oh. just wanted to say that, that, you know, that's why I thought that maybe the Chris Bryant to the Rockies uh, rumor maybe had some legs to it. Just because, do you remember that weird trade proposal uh, before the 2020 season when it was going to be Chris Bryant for Arenado? Do you remember yes, that? Yes, I do remember that. But that would have been the Cubs picking up Arenado's contract. And the Rockies getting two years of Bryant on his, you know, rookie deal. So that that was the difference. Yeah, it would still would have been a lot of money though. Like what, like twenty sub twenty, however much he made in arbitration, nineteen twenty million or something like that. But yeah, you're yeah, right. But they could have gotten out of it in two years, which apparently that's what they were looking for because uh, not only did they. Uh, they they signed Arenado and they asked him to take an op out. <laughs> They're like, hey, why don't you put an opt out into this closet, you know, just in case you want to leave. And then they got rid of him two years later. Like, what? Like, they have no idea what they're doing. Um, yeah, and and the other th- the other reason that I think that I do actually think they're going to get a deal done. I'm I'm more with Crawley. I may maybe even a little bit more optimistic that they'll get it. They'll get the deal done. Uh, you know, get the CBA hammered out sooner than later. I mean, even though I think that they're maybe quite out of touch with the reality, just given all the money that uh, is going around. I mean, they do should have at least intelligent people around them to know that they're skating on thin ice with the fans. And, you know, I know a lot of their, well, their TV ratings aren't the greatest in the world. They, you know, it's, it's not people, kids, the the kids aren't watching as much baseball as they used to, but I think that things, yeah, I don't think kids watch as much baseball as they used to. They watch maybe okay. individual players. They may well, they don't well, even play baseball. But I, but I you know, like I, don't they have somebody sudden, around them? Am, am I not the optimist on this show? <laughs> Dude, you've never been the optimist. <laughs> Here, here's what I'm going to tell around. you guys: just don't forget that the owners have been throwing around their weight with the two different spring training leagues. When you talk about the Cactus and the Grapefruit League, that amazing facility in Mesa, that's paid for by the taxpayers of Mesa, Arizona. Ricketts didn't pay shit for that. But my, my point being is, is that you cannot sit there. And again, after COVID, like I was in spring, I went to spring training uh, 2020. We went right before COVID hit. And then I went again in 2021 and it was, it was not even close to the atmosphere and the vibe and the money spending. So when you take a look at some of those teams, and some of those teams don't draw as well as the Cubs. The Cubs are clearly the top of the class in drawing for spring training. But you can't sit there and have two lost seasons in three years. They cannot afford that. That's that's totally what I'm saying, Crawley. It's just like you look around, you already have a waning product, and they know it. That's why they're trying to do everything they can to quote unquote fix it. Let's make the game faster. Let's have a runner on second. But they do all the wrong things, but they do know they have a problem. And a big, a huge problem would be not. I, I don't know. I think not playing could be good. Sometimes when you burn it all down, good things come. 
Again, burn, burning down after there, there are only so many losses. Look, rich people don't like losing money. Some of the richest people I know are some of the cheapest people well, I know. Maybe that's they don't why. Like giving that, up maybe money. that's why I'm going for that. I'm like, yeah, fuck these rich people. Like, let, let right. Them but lose but, but my point is, you, they are not. You cannot sit there and be like, yeah, we're gonna have another complete loss season. That that's literally just absolutely bonkers. And for the players themselves, you know, it's it just doesn't work. They have to figure out a way to make it work. It's not going to be perfect. The owners are not going to pants the players again. The players aren't going to somehow magically get back everything that they lost previously. No one's going to be 100% happy with this deal, but everybody knows what's on the line. You know what? One person could be happy with this deal. It could be me. I could be happy. If they get through the CBA and there's no DH in the National League, I am going to be, I don't give a shit, like whatever else, like I'm going to be so goddamn happy. <laughs> I, again, it's, there's, uh, there's no way it's happening. So I'm confident there's <laughs> going to be baseball. I just think, like I said, abbreviated spring training, abbreviated free agency period, uh, abbreviated season, maybe like 10, 15 games. All right. We got, we, we, we've got a few people here in the uh, chat. What do you, what, the options are, um, let's see, baseball in April or May or no baseball. Uh, give me a, you know, just, just jump in you, there you and have, say Michael, you, you what, have, what you think. Michael, you have three options. Baseball completely unaffected by this, slightly shortened season or no season. Well, I didn't want to, I didn't want to, I didn't want to do too much. <laughs> I, th- I think that I think they hammer this out sooner than later. I think you're going to get full spring training. I think, uh, uh, yeah, I I think they're they know what's on the line, and I don't think they're that far apart. I mean, the, you know, they talk about it as a sticking point. Like I said on the show earlier today, they the players want to be 29, or uh, you know, when they hit free agency and they want five years. The uh, the owners want six years and you to be 30. You know, that's you know, so that's just it. Let them hit free agency in the middle of the year. Dude, you know, you're King Solomon. You split the baby in half and you say, you know, OK, you you are now a free agent at the trade deadline. And you I would actually baby. love that, Danny, because that would fucking just like that would just immediately in the middle of the year having a guy come up like anybody can sign him right now. That would be amazing. That would force them. To work harder at, it, at you know doing the extensions for their players. Um, let me I, run through I, these. I got Bernie says uh, shortened season. Dominic Galoro says uh, baseball in April. Um, Eric Ginter hates me. He says baseball with expanded playoffs. Uh, Dominic Galoro also hates me. He says plus the DH. Um, and Artie says it would be foolish if they start too late in April or later. So that's what we have uh, chiming in from the discussion. Yeah. Well, I mean, I, I think that they hammered out sooner or later because I think they, they, you know, there's spring training tickets to be sold. There's a, you know, people are, are kind of on the move again. You, You know, I know there's the variant going around right now, but like, you know, they lost money all over the place over the last couple of years. And, you know, they, they do not want, because they didn't have a spring training last year either. You well, know, I've said they this. Didn't, 
a bunch of times on the show, I don't think they're losing money. I don't think any of them are losing money. They are not hitting the projections of money that they thought they were going to make. Well, I get. Well, here's the thing: is like you're 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 going to be short staffed. I mean, uh, Wrigley was short staffed all year, which it was fine for them at the end because there were no people there either. But but Wrigley on the front of the website, it's almost embarrassing. You go to Cubs.com, and the first thing you fucking see is we are hiring. Ticket takers, box office people, concessions, like they can't even, they can't even get a staff together in, in there right now because it's just like they fucked over all their employees. Half of them had to find something else to do. Same thing down in, uh, you know, in, um, Arizona. So, and these billionaires, they're the masters of the universe. They are also very interested in societal stability, I think ultimately. And, uh, you know, if, if they're just, and part of that, and I thought they would have done a better job during COVID and they fucked it up. Part of that would have been to get a season together during 2020. And they couldn't, and they kind of did it, but they failed at doing it at the right time. Like they could have opened on 4th of July and done all this stuff. They failed. They didn't do it. And then, um, but this time I think that they want to be the ones to lead us out of into a new American future. Like, this is what they think of themselves, you know? Like, it, they're, they are that grandiose, and they are that broad-minded. And, um, and I, just, I just don't – if you stick here with this labor unrest and it's a bad look and it gets into the press and the season gets delayed, that's going to piss everybody the fuck off. And, uh, honestly, if there's no light at the end of the tunnel by, you know, March – you know, when the snow starts to thaw and all over the United States and the symbol of American freaking sport and ingenuity is uh, just fighting over, uh, you know, 29 versus 30 or five versus six and millions or billions. Like it ain't going to look real good because, I mean, we're, there's more. Most people in the United States are hurting. You right. Know what I mean? and, and just to put it to you this way. Cubs season tickets, the first quarter of your uh, invoice was due in November. The other three quarters of what you owe comes in mid-January. So you can't tell me you're going to ask people to pay three uh, for the other three quarters when you don't even know what the hell. Yeah, okay. Uh, you know, that's we – we're, we're running up on 9 o'clock here. We're about to be done, but – I wanted to uh, invite Jack to talk here real quick. Tell us what you're seeing, man. Well, well, we owe Green Room a whole other 10 minutes because we took our show long, So just so you know. Oh, okay. We owe him 10 minutes. All right, Jack, you got 10 minutes. Tell us what's happening. <laughs> no, I just saw on Twitter that the Cubs, in addition to a, a few other teams, have shown interest in, in Korea um, per some local Fox reporter in Houston. Um, so that's that's interesting stuff. I wonder wonder how much truth is truth there is to it, but That'd be cool. I mean, yeah, I, I know obviously what we were talking about earlier with short-term deals making sense, but I don't know. This is one of them where Correa is so young, like maybe he could be part of the the next great Cubs team, as, as Jed likes to call it. I, I don't know. Uh, Ty, Correa, Ty Correa's contract to Wilson's contract, extend Wilson to whatever they're going to give Correa, and uh, let's go. Yeah, that'd be sweet. I have a prediction. I think in the next two hours we're going to see another starting pitcher signed. Oh, so you you think which one stay on the 
we should stay on the green room for the next two hours. <laughs> yeah, let's do it. I'm, I'm doing I'm doing Twitter Spaces next time, guys. I gotta I gotta switch it up, you know. <laughs> if, if, if we get another picture, I'm going on Twitter Spaces, and uh, and I'll be a whiskey in at least. Uh, Give me uh give me Rodon or one of those one of those guys. Uh would would you give Rodon a long term deal though? Hell no. I'd do I'd do like two years uh thirty something, thirty five. Oh my. Like thirty five total? Yeah, total. Oh okay, good. I was like, You boss your mind. <laughs> <laughs> he's he's not Jesus. Thirty five AAV <laughs> yeah, no. yeah. Give give him the Max Scherzer deal. He he's a high risk guy, but like people say that people are saying that as if it, that that's a negative for the Cubs. Like, give me I I want all the high risk guys. Like, if we can get a pitcher that that's incredible, that's the kind of guy that we need right now. We we need a guy that's Artie Bush. Artie Artie called that biblical spending. Yeah. I, hey, I just so you guys just so you guys know, uh, Marcus Stro- Marcus Stroman just tweeted out. Need you in Chicago, my dog, at Team CJ Correa. So already doing some recruiting. Oh, I, oh, I, I thought he was it. looking for it. a dog watcher. I was like, right here. I'll watch your dog. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Uh, yeah, let's give Correa four years, 200 million or something like that. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's not my money. That seems I don't crazy. give a fuck. I'm with you. Yeah. I'm with <laughs> you on it. Buy us a team. And I, I That's what Tom you asked Ricketts. for. Yeah, I asked Tom to buy us a team. Like, Come on, man. Buy us a team. We're losing to the Twins out here. We can't do it like this. I told him that, and uh, now it seems like maybe he's doing it. But I also agree with Michael that it feels like their hand was forced. I really feel like they really thought that they could just skate through this CBA and side everybody afterwards. And and uh, then they saw, like, it's like the Thanksgiving wallet massacre. Yeah, they weren't they weren't in on Korea until fucking Seager's gone. You know, Story's got a lot of questions, but uh, you know, but uh, Simeon's gone. Like all these, uh, all the big names are starting to fall off the board early this year, and they're I yeah they're Jack. You said there was another team looking at Korea as or interested as well. It's like yeah, I, there was I think a they couple have to here. Go for it. Yeah. Uh, so. Yeah, it's uh, you know, you got what, what's saying here is that Yankees, Red Sox, Dodgers, Cubs, and Braves, and that's what oh, makes he's getting paid. That's what makes me happy though is to see the Cubs in the mix for that. We saw all off season for the most part nothing. Yeah, nothing. Bernie, what's up? You're in. Here, I ha- I have to say this. You know, I'm very offended that. The Giants didn't want Chris Bryant. Screw them. <laughs> I, you know what? I will only go to their park if the Cubs play there now. That pisses me off. He is an awesome player. He's a well-rounded player, and they have no use for him. Well, yeah. it, it, at least uh, uh, you should be it, happy. It's funny because you should be happy because now the Cubs <laughs> can sign him. Yes, I don't think that'll happen, but whatever. Listen, <laughs> why are we thinking that they'll sign Correa and not sign Chris Bryant? Chris Bryant's probably cheaper. They're not going to sign Correa. Do the Mets need a shortstop? Because why don't they? Why don't they sign Javi? Maybe they want Correa. Uh, Javi's in Detroit now. I I know, but yeah, yeah. Do the Mets need a shortstop. No, she's saying why didn't oh, they? Because why didn't Steve they do it? Cohen is is a crazy person uh, as well. What, 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 he they got no a shortstop. They have a shortstop already with uh, okay. what's his name. Uh, 
um, Lindor from the Indians. Lindor. Lindor. Yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. Okay. So, so Javi would have been a second baseman for them. Okay. And as a second baseman, I don't think they wanted to. So, I mean, they actually did oh. sign a second baseman, didn't they? I think. Oh, Artie says lower level. Artie said that Bryant wants to play for the Angels. Oh, oh so it can be close to Disney. Disney. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's literally like he could like take the shuttle bus from Angel Stadium over to Disneyland <laughs> after the game. With he just like takes off his he takes off his ball cap and puts out his mouse ears and just goes over there. <laughs> every every single day after the game, Bryant goes, "I'm going to Disneyland." <laughs> <laughs> oh, hey, you know what? Scott Kidd, he could take him. Hey, I have I have to ask you guys a question. I just want to ask everybody a question here. Now, we're listening. Does everybody think there's a chance Bryant could come back or no? No. I don't no. think so either. I think I, I, it would be been, good that for bridge the team. Has been burned. Yeah, I know he he burned. Yeah, there were you know. Because, you know, like you said, like with the staff, you know, like for concessions, like there was hardly any concessions at Wrigley and, you know, this year. And if they have the CBA, they're going to suffer again. They can't, they, they need to iron this crap out for crying out yeah. loud. Everything. I totally, yeah. I totally agree. And, and I, I think that the fans could do a lot to making them do it. I, I think we should continue to pressure them in any way that we can. And that's through, you know, social media and writing letters and, you know, get it, get it figured the fuck out because nothing's more scared than a billion dollars, you know, because right. a guy like me has got nothing to lose. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. uh, you know, if, if, if you rated my bank account, I could literally probably make as much again in a week. <laughs> because there's nothing in there, you know what I mean? Yeah. So, but, but but these other but these other guys, you know what I mean? Like you know, I can just work eighty hours in a week and be like, oh, cool, I'm back where I was. Um, but uh, but these billionaires, you know, like when they see big chunks coming out because they're dealing with like millions of us coming through, uh, buying like the twelve dollar beers and stuff, and like. You know, if that if that gravy train stops like coming to town, like you know, it, they're gonna feel it. And the the worst thing that they could do, and it's not even about the money in the in the uh, the short term, it it is completely about them disgusting us, and that we will look at them with disgust for a long time because of who they are. And it's like if we're not entertained by their product, then people will fall away. And well, I mean, there's no more Ricketts panel, so they won't have to look at us looking at them with disgust. Yeah. I have, a, like I have you, a quick – oh, sorry. Go ahead, Bernie. Oh, no. I just want to say, like you saw on social media, I mean, Twitter – Cup's Twitter blew up today. I mean, it was so, like, quiet. You could hear tw- crickets the past couple weeks. So hopefully uh, Marquee Network saw that Ricketts. stuff. Well, Ricketts, Marquee, whatever. <laughs> crickets, Ricketts. All right. Crickets and Ricketts, Yeah. Yeah, Jiminy Ricketts. Yeah, I'll let Jack talk. Sorry, Jack. No, you're good. Um, I, I just have a take on this payroll thing that I think is 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 different from what you guys have been been, been thinking in a sense. I, I, we've heard Ricketts say before, it's like we every year we we basically take all of the we 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 we, we have a, an amount of money at the end of the year we we basically break even and we get take all the resources and we the extra resources we have and, and put them into the team. 
So I, I actually think the the money and the payroll that we spend every year. I mean, when you look at it, since the since the Cubs have been competitive in in 2015, the payroll's been relatively relatively stable from 140 to I think we were up to like 180 or so. And I, I actually think that we were over the at. tax. Yeah, so we were over the tax the past, two years yeah. in a row. Yeah, we were yeah. about 215, 219 around there. Where we, yeah, but like I, I think the rickets are like okay, like we at some point you need to spend money to make money, and I, I like I think we have that going for us because at least like at least they're good business people and they know they they know how to make money and and with the Cubs like that sometimes our interests are aligned. Like if well, I mean Papa Joe knows how to make money. I don't know about Tom and the rest of the kids. Todd can't sell hot dogs. He can't sell hot dogs no, at a ballpark. That's like ice to Eskimos. <laughs> or no. no yeah, I, I, like I, I think that, that Tom gave Judd a number. Right? I think it's $140 million bucks, and it's here, Judd, go spend this this year. And Judd's trying to figure out a way to spend it without killing the team in 2024 and 2025. Hey, Jack, do you want to start a podcast with me? You're paid. What? <laughs> Let's do it. Let's do it. <laughs> yeah. For, forget these other guys. They're old. So I need. I need some young blood. How old are you? <laughs> I'm 25. Um, hmm. oh See my what God. I mean? You'll, you'll bring you'll bring all the millennials into this shit. Jack, um, how you, often you learn the new math? How often do you listen to us talk, and you you have no idea what the references we're making are? Honestly, I, I feel like I pick up a, a good a good chunk of them. Uh, <laughs> but I, I, see, I got that one there, so I'm at least see, got one of them. We the, were talking about Goose Gossage the other day being on the Cubs, so that's where we kind of date ourselves sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> How excited we were to get Goose Gossage. Yeah. But, um, yeah, it, well, I, thanks for everybody that tuned in uh, to the regular show tonight and to this green room conversation uh, Matt, it is always great to talk to you, my man. And we're going to see you next week, I guess. Oh uh, yeah. Uh, we're all going to be Cubs caroling together. I'm so sorry that Michael can't come. And Jack, are you in Chicago? You should come Cubs caroling with us. I will yeah, be there I'm caroling. In. Yeah, I'm, I'm here. I, uh, about a mile from Wrigley. So I'll, I'll, uh, I'll make it out. I am so, I am so frustrated. My, my son's concert starts at like three. I found out it was three. I'm like, Oh, that's in the day. I might still be able to make it out there, but. Oh, really? No, because it starts at three, which means oh. it won't be over to like four or four thirty, And then it's, you know, three, three and a half hour drive. And yeah, I, I, I would mean, catch you, you at the Nice. Yeah. You would catch <laughs> us at the end where, when we're already drunk. And, yeah, uh, and obnoxious. And then I'd be uh, like, "Let's walk back up to G-Man." And everybody would um, be like, "Screw you!" <laughs> um, I believe Adrian would like to speak. Uh, Adrian, you want to have the final word? Uh, did he come in? Yeah, he's yeah. in. Adrian, you have to uh, take yourself off of mute. Unmute yourself. Uh, hey. Is it okay if I play some music? No, man, we're almost uh, done. <laughs> it's we're not almost music. done. Yeah, it's we're not gonna, a music we, one. No, we. Yeah, what, what, but uh, I, I am curious what what you were gonna play. You want to play us out? What? Uh, huh? Yeah, but what, you, I think he's yeah, in the wrong you, room. Yeah, Jack's bringing the millennials in. 
it it doesn't it, it, it doesn't matter. Adrian Adrian's gonna play us out. That's how this room's gonna end. We're all gonna mute ourselves. Adrian's gonna play music, and uh, that's the end of the show. You know what I mean? All right, but let's no. do that then. Ad- Adrian, you do get to play some music. Let's do it, man. You got like a minute and a half. Spagog. Spagog. Go ahead, Adrian. I'm dancing. I think you guys just found your new outro. Bye, Matt. Great talking to you. See you next week. See you Friday. All right. Friday. Adrian, that was great. I'm loving it. All right. There it is. Spagog, everybody. I want to tell you a story. It's a story about a scandal, broken relationships, gossip, rumors, money, corporate rivalry, and a broom. A performance-enhancing broom. My name is John Cullen. I'm a comedian, podcaster, and for 20 years, I was a semi-professional curler. And I want to tell you the story about how a single broom almost imploded the 500-year-old sport of curling. We felt like we were bringing a knife to a gunfight. It's the story of a superstar and his fall from grace. Oh, I was being dragged through the mud. It's the story of two brother entrepreneurs with a dream. <laughs> I said, that's great news. It's a story of intrigue. I still don't understand why we want to keep his name secret. The full story has never been told, so I'm going to tell it. Broomgate. How a broom almost killed curling. It was a year I'd like to forget. To listen to Broomgate, search for Broomgate in your favorite podcast app. That's all one word. Broomgate. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com match. 
Just go to Indeed.com slash match right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash match. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app today to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. What makes a life a good one? Is it the adventure you have? Or the friends you find along the way? Maybe it's pursuing your passion while striving to protect, defend, and save what you believe in every single day. So, what makes a life a good one? In the Coast Guard, we think it's all of the above and more. But you'll have to find out for yourself. Visit GoCoastGuard.com to learn more. Welcome to Fail Better, David Duchovny's new podcast with Lemonada Media. On Fail Better, David, who has experienced both low- and high-profile failures throughout his life, explores the vast world of failure, how it holds us back, propels us forward, and ultimately shapes our lives. Each week, he'll chat with guests like Ben Stiller, Bette Midler, and more about how our perceived failures have actually been our biggest catalysts for growth, revelation, and even healing. Through these conversations, he hopes listeners can learn how to embrace the opportunity of failure and fail better together. Fail Better is out now wherever you get your podcasts. Getting the smile and confidence you've been dreaming about all from the comfort of your home isn't a total mystery with Bite Clear Aligners. Just don't be surprised if all your friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Bite Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. <laughs> 